Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Legion of Myth live stream. I am your host, Alex Garthon Marsh. With me are two incredible gentlemen who, if you met them on the street, you would know that they are fantastic. And you'd know your life is a little better just from encountering them. It's Brett, Heathen Dog Grissomer, and Rick Elgarian Hart. Hello, everyone. Hello, viewers. Hello, everyone on the interwebs. No! I feel better just hearing the, those words right there. I, I like the hello! <laughs> it, was, it was very doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite Seinfeld episodes, actually. Remember that one? The the girl oh. with the belly, that belly button seemed to say hello. <laughs> yeah. It's odd. I actually like that show more now than it was on the air. I don't watch it a lot, but I'm just saying, I seem to appreciate it a little more. Maybe it's because I'm old now, and when it was on the air, I wasn't that old. But, it's a classic now. There you go. I know. It's just weird how that happens. Now hip. You wait long enough, it becomes classic. So eventually we, we gentlemen, will be classic. Well, I think after I, we turn 50, for, we're technically antiques, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, what what's the classic car thing, 20 years? Depends on state, but yeah, 20, 25 years, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I hit that a while ago. And classic go. Coke is good, is the best stuff, you know. Do you know they actually do still sell new Coke? Where? See, it's hard to find, but they actually do sell it. Seriously, where? I don't know. I've seen it online. And I have seen oh, it okay. in stores, I don't, don't remember where. Some godforsaken place in the Northeast. And most places in the Northeast are kind of falling into that category. Sorry for everyone in the Northeast, but live somewhere else and you'll know. Just saying. You no, know, I never really, uh, I must not have very advanced taste buds. I didn't notice the difference. <laughs> I was too young to remember. I remember having it and just not really liking it. I don't remember why. I'm sure it's not as bad as everyone goes nowadays. Oh, it's so horrible. It wasn't that horrible. But, oh no no you know, you know what we remember, uh, because it happened it happened while we were at Andrews Air Force Base when when they reformulated Mountain Dew. Oh, that was awful. I know. I stopped drinking it. Me too. That was a, oh, that's God. when I that's when I switched. Yep. Yep. It, that was a crime. It was. Mountain Dew was all we drank. I know, and that changed. Did you know they reformulated it again, so it's actually closer to how it used to be? No, I haven't tried it since. I was just so awful. Just, Weirdly you know, enough, a, a few weeks ago, I had one of those unhealthy hankerings for uh, Mountain Dew with some Taco Bell. I don't know, maybe I was feeling like I was 19 again. And I ate it, and I was like, wow, this Mountain Dew is actually good. What the hell? So I was kind of excited about that. I do I remember the, the Mountain Dew cakes that uh, Garthon used to make in the dorms. Yes, yes. Mountain Dew everything. I was the one with the <laughs> fridge full of Mountain Dew. Yeah. Oh, I, I and I uh, I introduced John to uh, um, Mountain Dew and uh, Southern Comfort, and he fell in love for a while with that. I was the one who introduced him to the electric screwdriver, which is Mountain Dew and vodka. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ah, uh, good times. Good times. Corrupting Max Leo. So let's talk about what we're gonna do tonight, my friends. We're gonna have a disclaimer. The opinions expressed in this video are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire, vast, powerful, secret cabal of the Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly... I.e. drinking. 
<laughs> really, I was here to be the case of a foul or offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Yay! Yay! So, my friends, if you have any suggestions, please check us out on the internet at legionofmyth.tv or legionofmyth.com. Uh, check out our YouTube streams. We have multiple streams every week. We are like a veritable feeder for the Mississippi River that is the internet with the amount of streams we put out, my friends. Uh, we oh, got... you're, he's not lying. <laughs> uh, Max Liao puts out something every day. Just yeah, it's just about, doesn't he? You no, put out, out for the last two weeks every day. You put out twice a week. Yeah. So you got your uh, is it Star Trek Online both uh, Tuesday and Thursday? Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, it's uh, um, 11 a.m. Central. That it's the live stream, and it goes, it goes online uh, on YouTube at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, which is five yeah five a.m. Uh, f- f- five p.m. Central. Sorry. Yep. So it's pretty exciting. And Maxon putting stuff out. He records at like 1 p.m. Eastern, to, uh, 12 Central. Uh, they get posted up later, but they're always entertained to watch. I always right. have a good time. I always enjoy watching oh, and... his uh, MechWarrior streams because I like to laugh at him getting blown up. Oh no, there there was one on either his last one or the well the one before that where there was a guy on his team, just some random dude who someone else really pissed him off and he went on a rant for like five minutes like 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 like, a, like an old man who you accidentally cut the corner of, of his lawn with your bike he stops you and and tells you all the ways that you're wrong and your parents are wrong and everything like that it was hilarious oh, i love those those are great and we uh and we also have more streams coming i know Gargarian is in heated discussions about possibly doing a shroud of the avatar stream which we're all encouraging him to do but if you didn't have the time hey that's life Oh no, I'm definitely going to do one a week. Uh, I'm just when it was brought up that I would possibly do two a week. I don't. No, that's kind a bit of much. pushing it. Yeah. yeah, I'm considering doing one a week. It would be like at 10 p.m. Eastern if I did it. It would be a late night thing, and I'm still not sure of what I would stream. I was thinking of doing a retro game stream, but I need to get a capture card for a computer, and I don't have that. You know, I was thinking about it too. I could actually do a whole bunch. You know, and just stream on the fly. I'll just have one scheduled one a week because if I'm on playing, why not stream while I'm doing? Yeah, you could always do that. That's always fun. Uh, but continuing on, you can check out check all that excitement out at Twitch TV slash Leisure Smith. Uh, Facebook.com/slash Smith has been hopping. A lot of exciting things going on there. And also, if you want to show a little love, don't forget that we do have Patreon.com/slash Legion of Myth. But now let's get on to something more exciting than this. Well, I know this one's pretty exciting. I don't know. I don't know if I could take much more. So, we're going to go to Elgari's Shroud of the Avatar update. Then we're going to have Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dogma, anime on the stream. Then Garthon's Comic Pull, where we go over three big old books. And little, maybe a little discussion in the RNG about random things that happened. Anything exciting that happened this week? We'll see. So, everyone ready for this? All set. All Let's right. Go. Yeah, that was one, actually one of my favorite parts of the Lego movie. I know I'm dumb, but when the the bad guys are attacking the Rainbow Village or whatever it's called, and they're like, Shaq, get him! And, you know, it's like, yeah! And then, you know, the music starts, y'all ready for this? Dun, 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 dun. Then they hit him with the basketball, and it doesn't hurt him. Like, oh, they were ready for that. I just thought that was hilarious. I was like, the only, I was laughing my butt off in the theater. I don't care if no one else laughed. I loved it. So, ladies and gentlemen... Like a basketball bouncing off of a patrol trooper's car. You are ready for Elgarians. Shroud of the Outer Update.
Hello, hello. Um, let me start off by talking a little bit about uh, the nature and the status of scenes uh, or zones in Shroud of the Avatar uh, before I go into, uh, I want to talk about uh, five updated scenes that are coming away with release 38, which is coming uh, mid to late January. Uh, they just announced it and sent out uh, a bunch of screenshots. I just linked uh, uh, one scene just up above there uh, for the uh, Canyon Siege Encounter. But scenes in Shroud of the Avatar right now uh, have all been laid out where they'll be on the Overland map. And you'll find when you go into some of these scenes, let's say if you went into three or four forest scenes, you'll notice, wow, this one looks like the other one. Whoa, this one kind of looks like that one too. And it's because uh, they have a lot of them that are all out on the Overland map, but they're all clones currently. So it's a real big deal when they finally say, okay, if we finally got to this scene and we uncloned it, it's no longer the same as the other scenes. So what they were doing is basically putting the framework of all the zones that are gonna be there out there, made one version of each uh, biome type. And uh, so if there's 20 forests out there, well then all of them at one point were pretty darn close to similar, if not the same. And they're one by one uncloning them and going there and just completely revamping those. Uh, so don't get discouraged when you go from scene to scene and say realize there's a lot of similarity between them, if not identical, and it's because of the cloning process. Um, does give us a lot of elbow room to hunt, you know, especially if you're hunting in multiplay mode, because you can hunt in single play mode online. Uh, so all the farming nodes are all yours. But nice. um, yeah, it's kind of handy. But I, I've found myself starting to explore a lot more because um, I'm kind of getting bored with going to the exact same scene, I'm, I'm kind of a grinder. I've been going to the same scene over and over and over again, grinding for halberds and different craftables. And I was like, you know what? I want to start exploring the world. It may not be as efficient for me making money because I have a certain goal with what I'm going to spend, spend my money on. But uh, yeah, I really uh, have started to notice there's a lot of clone scenes still, but when these big announcements come up, here's five in a row that we might be getting in release 38, hopefully. Uh, you know, there may be one or two that get delayed and get pushed to release 39, we'll see. But uh, they made the announcements, so I'll, I'll go through those right now. And the first is the uh, the making of the, uh, the Canyon Siege Encounter. So the, the Canyon, uh, Canyon Siege Encounter, well, Siege Encounter is essentially uh, the, the Kabbalists will invade your cities uh, and even NPC towns based upon the, the celestial uh, movements in the constellation uh, positions. So if you go to a town that's under siege, you get pulled into the siege encounter. Well, they only had one template for that so far, and that was released uh, this current uh, release of 37. Well, next release, 38, towards the end of January, they'll have another option. And it's a really, really cool map uh, you'll see on the slide. Yeah, it looks really incredible on the slide. Yeah, so uh, on the link that I posted, you'll see there's five or six screenshots they provided to kind of give different views. And I got to say, the cascading waterfall under the bridge definitely with the the, uh, the kind of walkway going out through the water mist uh, kind of intrigued me. Can't wait to see it on my new computer that I'm getting in a few weeks. Oh, that is exciting. It's always nice to get the new computer. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it's even better because now it's going to be a Windows computer, so he gets a, a broad array of other games that aren't on Steam that he can play, yeah, like but, Star Trek Online. Yeah, between, between the blue screens of death, I'll really be sure to enjoy it. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Come on, it's not like you're going to be running Windows ME. I mean, you can if you want to. Yeah, if you want to. We'll if, if you want to spend will. all your time not on your computer. We'll mock you a lot, but you can. 
Yeah, there you go. As an OS, Windows 10 is pretty solid, honestly. Uh, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. 7 is better, but, you know, hey. Yep. Well, Windows 10 is still pretty new. I'm sure the, the bugs will get in the kinks. Well, no, it, they, they've had a year. They've had a year, and it's still a little clunky. Well, my issue mm. with Windows 10 isn't the actual operating of the OS. It's the ridiculousness with the, uh, the online store and the UI and everything. And it took years for people yelling at them to make the UI functional, you know? Are they basically going like an app type interface? The oh, original you... that with Windows 8.0. 8. Well, it the... was a horrible well, failure. Well, the original Windows 10 yeah. UI and, and Windows 8 too, especially Windows 8, was essentially made for a tablet. And you had to like change settings for it to be in PC mode. It's like, this is a PC OS. Well, yeah, but this is what people want. It's like, no, this is not a touchscreen interface. This sucks for a mouse. I have a keyboard. I don't need to tap everywhere. And so it was a giant, giant pain in the butt. And Windows 10 was just as bad when it first came out. Everyone was mad. And it took a lot of time for them to finally say, okay, I guess we'll give you a Windows-style interface, but we don't want to. You could tell they didn't want to. You could tell with the way it's set up. I actually use a program called Classic Shell that makes it the, the, uh, the UI look like Windows 7. So okay, I, uh, we derailed your thing. I'm so sorry. We did. We oh, did. no, it's okay. But we were just excited to talk about computers and stuff. I'll let you make fun of the computer I bought, you know, during uh, RNG. I'm sure that when you bought your new computer, it's probably more powerful than my current computer. Yeah. Probably. Is my computer is getting on four years old now. Oh, my God. Yeah, mine's five. It was definitely time to replace it. Uh, it had 16 gigs of RAM, though. I think that's why I was able to get so much use out of it for so long. That's pretty good. So, uh, uh, Brookside? <laughs> yep, Brookside. So the second scene that they released uh, information on uh, coming our way is Brookside. And it it's looks pastoral. Of, yeah, it's kind of a, uh, a foggy, uh, maybe a kind of an England-type setting. Uh, it takes place in Drockfold. I kind of get the feeling from some of the screenshots they have on the website that it's Almost like a Transylvania kind of. Place. Yeah, I was gonna say this looks yeah. more like Germany or something. I was gonna say something. that too. I was gonna say that too. It's it's like it's like night is coming. Everyone's locking their doors because the werewolves are coming out. That's what <laughs> yeah. Not quite that creepy, but you know, to me, it's kind of Bavarian a little bit. So, so not yeah, a, nice. a, a whole lot of info on it. It, it is a uh, it does have a, a town center. So uh, keep in mind that uh, likely there will be housing there. Uh, I haven't got any intel from. The write-up doesn't seem to be much of a, a possibility of an adventure scene, but uh, you know that's uh, anyone. So let's say if you're living in a current town that's still a clone, uh, keep in mind what happens is all the housing locations stay exactly the same and untouched, and they just rebuild the world around your houses. And it's amazing how different. You know, you'll log out one day, you'll come back, you'll do the patch for the next release, and then you'll log back in in your house and step out the door and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in a whole different place. So uh, those people that uh, might be lucky enough to have town there or housing there may be uh, experiencing something quite interesting here soon. Cool. It's always nice to have little things like that happen around you. Especially, and I do like the idea of them leaving the housing in the same area. So it's not like, okay, everyone, we returned all your housing crap to your inventory. So uh, make a new house in your new plot. Yeah, I... Um... I've always been kind of against beta testing all through my gaming history. I was like, I'm not going to do that. They can pay somebody to do that. I'm going to play a finished game. 
I don't know what came over me to do a, an early release game like this, but I'm loving seeing it slowly evolve. I, I truly am. Yeah, Celtic has been a neat process so far. What's next? I want to see it. I want to see it. All right, so uh, the Perennial Coast updates are coming even more so. If you go to the city of Arduris, which is in the Perennial Coast, that's where they started. You'll notice that they're switching it all over from a, uh, since they have a lot more assets built now, it's no longer, they're using the same assets that are everywhere else. They're starting to regionalize everything. So Arduris is getting rebuilt as a uh, kind of an Asian uh, uh, culture area. And so that's the entire perennial coast is. Ardus was just the first stop. So now when you start to go to different areas in the perennial coast, hopefully with uh, release of uh, uh, release 38, we'll see more of these changes. You'll be going into these zones and seeing a lot of uh, bells and whistles that have kind of Asian influence. And um, you'll already uh, see like a lot of NPCs switching to Asian garb, especially in their Ardus. They already have the... The, like the guards have uh, like samurai outfit kind of things and a uh, uh, very shogun-esque kind of environment. Yeah, it's always nice that they had that in there. Yeah, so they uh, they have quite a few theme concepts for, you know, different cultures. And so they have the shogun type theme. You have Greco-Roman. You've got uh, the Viking theme, the kobold theme, Elven. Uh, so they're they're really kind of branching out, and then soon these cities are all going to be adopting the the themes. Is that now that they have the assets to spread into them? Are they are they going to have a hillbilly theme like like moon, moonshine runners theme place? Uh, they haven't announced it yet. Let's hope because there is a cyberpunk history to this game. So I'm sure they got moonshiners in cyberpunk, right? Is there really Sweet. a cyberpunk history to uh, Shroud of the Avatar? It was originally supposed to be a cyberpunk game. If you look at a lot of the original concept art, very cyberpunk. Nice. And they're still keeping pieces of that lore? It doesn't look Um, like it. A little bit. Think of any time I've talked about automatons and there's like robots in the game. There's some NPCs you come up to that are robots. Uh, Keep in mind this world... Are they they more steampunk-y? You know, steampunk might be in the future. Yeah, you know, steampunk. I'm sorry. I used the wrong... Uh, okay. Used the wrong punk? Yeah, used the wrong punk. Yeah, steampunk. Thank you for correcting me. So, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, robots, that type of stuff. Um, still has a medieval twist, but keep in mind the uh, the populace of this world. Sure, there's native people that live here in New Britannia, but there's a lot of avatars that live here, too, that came from Earth. Oh, so, that's right. That's right. And when they came here, they brought certain uh, thoughts and beliefs and uh, technology with them. I'm getting no reception on my phone. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Probably pay some just... wicked, wicked roaming charges. No, you should have switched to Verizon. All right. So uh, Zenos, Zenos. Uh, is getting another batch of, they've only trickled in a little bit, uh, but hopefully with release 38, we'll see a large, large push of, uh, update to it. And this is the area of the world that's going to have a lot of Greco-Roman influence. So uh, there's probably five or six screenshots of some great arches and aqueducts. And uh, there's a like a um, auditorium and it's just, it looks really amazing. So any uh, Greco-Roman fans hoping to uh, role play in that environment or uh, live in there, live there? Well, sure enough, you have lots of cities that will be adopting that type of uh, uh, 
uh, architecture. And what they haven't released yet is the ability for us to have houses in that style. So I'm sure that's coming very soon because they've already released, and I'll get into that in a little bit, uh, Shogun style uh, homes. Ooh, that does sound intriguing. Yeah. What's the next one? What's the next one? So the making of uh, Blood Bay, it's been going on for some time. It's this huge, uh, we haven't got to see any of it yet. It's uh, going to be a, a PV- ominous. Well, it's a PVP zone that they've been working on for quite some time. Is it pirate themed? Uh, Sounds pirate themed. Uh, yes, uh, pirate brigand themed, definitely. Um, it's going to be a very large PVP zone. Um, I love the just that one screenshot of, and it's that's just one little part of it, where it's got that bridge. I can just imagine some amazing battles happening across that bridge and people getting knocked off to their death. I mean, it's, it looks like it's going to be a whole lot of fun. That There's bridge a, looks to me like like it's begging, begging to be cut while people are on it. <laughs> I, that would be really cool if they can offer that uh, technology. That would be neat. There's a big raging volcano on this island and lava streams going in places. I'm sure you don't want to go in those. There's wild magic areas where your magic, if you're fighting in that area, uh, magic users are going to be much more powerful. And then, of course, there'll be magic dead zones, too. So there's a lot of interesting things that they're adding into this zone that'll be uh, uh, kind of keep the, the combat really engaging. And I do believe there's going to be a dungeon that you can get to through this area as well. Ooh. Everyone likes dungeons. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. And then last, I think I just have a uh, slide for the, uh, the, uh, the Shogun bundles. So just keep in mind, they're available on the uh, add-on store now, too. And they've got uh, three different row size house uh, Shogun homes. They just kind of have the, the 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 architecture, just looks a little Asian uh, up on the roofs, uh, mostly, but uh, and around the arches of the door and stuff. But um, And then you can see with the bundles that they have uh, Shogun armor available to people that actually want to uh, purchase. And keep in mind, all armor, all weapons on the add-on store are vanity only. They'll have a, a, a little bit of stats, but it's, it's it, you know, the first items you craft typically will be better. So um, it is for vanity only. You can dye them up nice however you want, uh, but do not expect them to be a pay-to-win type concept. Okay, I have, I have a question. Sure. I'm looking at these prices. These aren't real dollars, right? Those are real dollars. Are you kidding me? No, I am not kidding you. Uh, hard pass. <laughs> the community, um, we have a, a wide range of uh, probably, I would say, income levels and the people that play this game. And it's kind of uh, amazing and a little crazy. And I'm a little nervous and embarrassed and excited all at the same time about how much money I've invested into this game. So uh, it's uh, not uncommon to hear of people that have invested thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars into this game through various different types of pledges and add-on store purchases and stuff. I, I have no words for that. Um, are these items that uh, are on the store are they also available? Like, can you acquire them in game? So if you click through the add-on store, you'll notice that. Um, if they have a, a gold symbol next to it, it looks like a gold coin, you can also purchase them in game with crowns of the obsidian, which you can purchase with cash. And there are very extreme rare drops as well. So that's one option is to purchase them with crowns of obsidian. Uh, so none of these items here are featured or are purchasable by crowns of obsidian. You have to pay cash only on the add-on store. Um, 
But let's say uh, the Shogun homes, there are going to be homes that you can craft, I guarantee it, because there are tons of homes you can craft in the game, just using in-game resources, using in-game money. Um, there, other than the vanity type stuff and getting a house that looks a particular way, and of course, keep size homes and castle size homes, which are the two largest, are only available through old pledges, which are no longer available anymore. Uh, they're now the biggest you can get unless you buy somebody else's property they've already that they're trying to sell the biggest you can get is a, a city lot but because uh, the pledges have long since expired but uh, pretty much the only uh, things that you can't craft in the game to get the same functionality uh, would be those those keep in uh, city size homes any sort of expired add-on items that never really made it into the game that would be vanity anyway and then of course those potions of the obsidian uh, which give you some buffs. Uh, like I used one for the holiday weekend. Uh, one crown of the obsidian gets you one potion. And uh, I used a one that give me 50% extra encumbrance so or uh, carrying capacity for a week. They last a week, which is nice. So if you're going to be off for a week and you plan to game a lot, it's a great time to pop one of these potions or heck a bunch of them if you want. Yeah, honestly, this is uh, really no different than what you'll see in something along the lines of uh, Robert Space Industries. Oh no, I, I've looked at the prices over there too, and they're they're quite comparable. They they uh, they are very comparable. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, Star Citizen is kind of a strange juggernaut that I actually I'm gonna say it now. I don't know if that's ever actually going to be released. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Shard of the Avatar has done a good job with their feature creep and saying, no, this is what we're doing. We, we, oh, we, if we get this, we can do a little more. But Starstead has gone crazy with the amount of stuff that they're trying to do. And they've released pieces of the game out. But nothing I, you can really call a game, you know, like it's supposed to. And it'll be a trick if they do it, and I'll applaud them. But right now, I'm not thinking the full game's ever coming, people. Yeah, they were... Uh, I've listened to some of the early... Uh briefings and then uh, like Richard Garrett reminiscing about their original vision for this game and of course they're sticking to a lot of what they had uh, originally offered but they've you know got some feature player on towns of course was utterly huge in terms of um, uh, feature creep uh, they had no idea it would be so popular um, but how much does that cost uh, the, the cheapest player on town of course you can't buy any now anymore the map's frozen until episode two you'll be able to buy towns again but um, the uh, $750 was the smallest uh, town you buy. Now, keep in mind, the scene size is the same. It's a huge scene. You own lots of land, and throughout all that land, you can put a house anywhere in it that has flat enough terrain. You know, consider that there was someone who spent a million dollars on a mobile game. What was that, War of Kings? or Not War of Kings, but do you guys hear about that? Uh -oh. Nope. If, if I did hear about that, I would have erased it from my memory. Oh, my gosh. There's a guy who embezzled like three or four million dollars for his company and spent a million dollars of it on that mobile game that that model was advertising. Um, wow. Oh, gosh, I can't remember the name of it. But uh, that still is how effective they are. I can't remember. But he spent a million dollars on this game, like buying unit power-ups and stuff. And, well, I'm telling so. you, though, go through these games that uh, are trying to self-fund through... Um, you know, Kickstarter and through pledge concepts. 
there's a lot of similarity in the business models they're using that they're kind of emulating uh, Star Citizen and the Shroud of the Avatar. Uh, I mean, Shroud of the Avatar is the, the second highest crowdfunded game, and it's a huge yeah, it funding is huge. funding difference. Uh, but it, you look at the how much they've raised compared to the very next one, which is the first number one game that's raised the most money, Star Citizen. It's, it's astronomically different. Is the Star Citizen at um, like twenty five million now or higher? Oh, they're they've got yeah a lot of a lot oh, of. Oh, it was Game of War. A California man spent one million dollars playing Game of War. No, I it, thought Star Citizen it was closer to eighty or ninety million. Is it? Oh, let me look that up. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was much much higher. Anyway, uh, this is uh, I'm not even going to say a little. This is a lot out of my price point for uh, you know fluff. <laughs> yeah. So uh, all of those things that you see there, you can get in game. The key to the housing, though, and this is why people buy these. Those are tax free. You are not going to have to worry about grinding gold just to pay rent on your house. Right. There's no tax or anything on it. Right. And that's, let me tell you, I, I'll tell you, I, I own four properties. Um, okay. I own a, Sorry. In 2015, in December of 2015, they surpassed a hundred million. So, uh, okay. <laughs> and they keep getting wow. money. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, people are pretty excited about that one. I hope it I'll comes out. How... I don't think it will. I think I know Shroud of the Avatar is coming out. I I know that uh, Camelot Unchained is coming out. I know Crowfall is coming out. I don't have high hopes for Star Citizen right now. I'm sad to say. Just uh, j just as a as a as a uh, a picture in your head, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger went on the the Tonight Show to put out uh, for. Uh, Terminator 2, and he said, it is the biggest movie ever made. And that one cost $50 million. <laughs> this is a video game. Um, Avengers isn't real yet. 2 cost more than that. But yeah. that was to like $60 million. Yeah, but, you know, th this was also 20 years ago. Yeah, so just yeah. for inflation, it's probably still the most expensive. Actually, wow. most of the most expensive, like Ishtar or something, and still it is. I think uh, somebody told me that like a game like Call of Duty nowadays costs about eighty million to make. Yep, How true that is. Yep. Uh, so please uh, tell us the event of the week for Shot of the Avatars, <laughs> so we can stop derailing you. <laughs> That's okay. Derail, derail me at every topic. Why don't you? Um, we have been. So, I know. <laughs> so uh, I was actually really excited to see that the the, the sponsored event of the week uh, that they highlighted on the. Shout out the Avatar website was actually my event for role players of the Avatar, rpota.com. Uh, and it's the monthly uh, writing creation contest that I, I've been running for now 16 months straight. Uh, I tallied it up and I'm well over $2,000 in prizes I've given away. Um, uh, whether they're add on store credit, which is vast majority of it, and maybe a, probably about a, a fifth of that is. Uh, hiring an artist to give people art commissions every month. Oh, cool. So the grand, the grand prize, you win an art commission. That's pretty cool. So I was really actually kind of happy how that little slide turned out. That's a smaller version of it, of course. It was really pretty. See how I faded in the two moons shattering and then the, the wolf with the shattered moon. I and do. And you got like the cryptic runes and stuff. That's nice. Mm. That's a, Those runes are actually a uh, real runic um, that they've uh, unearthed. It was actually a calendar. And I've extracted it out. I used it on the timeline page of uh, uh, rpo.com uh, RPO uh, just because it actually is runic of, you know, 
time uh, entries. Sweet. Little tidbit. Anyway, um, but that's, uh, I believe, is that my last slide? I think that's all I got for the Shroud of the Avatar update this week. That's a lot of stuff. Well, they gave us a lot of stuff this time, and they, they took a pause for the holidays, but, man, they're going back strong. Apparently not. They all went home and said, uh, no, I'm going to work on my laptop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are loud. Time to work. All right. Well, thank you, Gary, for trying the off update. We appreciate that. You're welcome. Sounds yeah, like great. some good stuff coming. Thank you. All right. And remember to check out... Um, Elgarian and his Shroud of the Avatar and his soon-to-become Shroud of the Avatar stream. Uh, we also uh, want to plug his Role Players of the Avatar database. Is that rpota.com? It is rpota.com. R-P-O-T-A or R-P-O-D-A? R-P-O-T-A. So like S-O-T-A, Shroud of the Avatar, and it's Role Players of the Avatar. Right. So it. if you're interested, check it out. Some good stuff there. And then a very friendly role-playing community. And again, thanks, Gary. So now, ladies and gentlemen, let us change our directions. Let us get our heads right. Get out of that direction. It is time to stop talking about the Shroud of the Avatar. Time to go and put your mindset in a new direction as we turn our gaze to the east, to where the most animation in the entire world actually comes from. And we're going to talk about anime on that stream. Anime in the stream. That is where we Thank are. Thank you, Garthon. I don't approve of that theme song. It was horrible. What? Yeah, that, it wasn't. What? It, it, was, it was fine. It was fine. It was what? Fine. No, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm now, getting, in, I'm getting a symphonic uh, backup for that one next time. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Then uh, Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dog, my anime on the stream, I I uh, uh, t- show you and tell you about uh, three animes that are available on either Netflix, Hulu, or both. So the first one is called So Fate. in other words, you're saying anime, which is like Japanese cartoons that you could yeah. stream over that newfangled internet. Exactly right. Crazy. I know. The first of our three installments is Fate Zero. Now, th- uh, this, this, is, this one's really interesting. Uh, the, uh, this, it was licensed by uh, Aniplex of America, Mad Mat Entertainment, and MVM Film. It ran from October 1st, 2011 to June 23rd, 2012 with 25 episodes. Yeah. It was written by Akira Hayama and Akihiro Yoshida. And uh, this, this, was, this was a very interesting take on, on, uh, on mythical characters. Now, the whole, the whole setup for this is, is, uh, is, pre- is pretty cool. About 300 years ago, uh, this, this, uh, the, these three, the three main magical clans get, got, got together and decided to, uh, quest for the Holy Grail. And for, for them, the Holy Grail was, uh, the, the, uh, an almost sentient power that if you were to prove yourself to it, it would grant you anything, one, anything. It is omnipotent, completely powerful. So it's like the Dragon to... Balls? Yeah. 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 No, it's very much like Dragon Balls in, in, in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, you you touch it, it merges with you, and then whatever you think just happens. And but the problem is they they can't get it quite right. Every every, every time they, they they summon it, it's it's never a full summoning, so it doesn't work. But they try. Now uh, fast fast forward 300 years, and we're at the present. Uh, magic do, does exist in the world, but it's mainly 
uh, either unknown or hidden to to the masses. All right. Now there are uh, there are the those three magical families still exist. There are more that are that are lesser, but the three main ones still still exist. So they so they still are trying to do it, but but now they're going about it a different way. Uh, they have they have seven master magicians, who could be from from any clan, because now they have the Grail choose the contestants. The Grail itself will will, will mark you with, with with what they call command seals. It's like a tattoo on your hand. And if you get that mark, that means you are a contestant in in uh, in this this year's episode of Let's Find the Grail. Now to to fight, you have to summon an ancient hero from the past. Now, All right. You, yeah, you get to choose this ancient hero by having uh, an item that that was important to them or or a, a piece of their armor or a weapon, some, something to give you a material link to their soul, and then you can mm. summon them back into the world to fight with you or for you, depending on how you fight. Okay? Now, that's what I really want to get into because that is really the, the most interesting part of uh of of the the first season there there are seven contestants and so there there are seven different servants you can only have one servant of each class the classes are saber which is your your uh, basic noble warrior archer pretty explanatory berserker uh not noble warrior caster spellcaster assassin Rider, uh, someone who uh, who uh, rides a vehicle of some sort, and lancer, someone who uses uh, pole arms. So each each of the uh, each of the uh, uh, masters, those are the the uh, seven uh, mages chosen to fight in the Grail War, uh, summon one of these of these uh, of these individuals. Now, they 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 like to go by their class name, not their real names. Because if you knew their real name, then you might be able to do a little bit of research in some history books and figure out their weakness and how they died. That would make them easier to kill, obviously. Like, per se, if you're able to summon Achilles, you wouldn't want people to say, hey, guys, it's Achilles. Hit him in the left heel. Exactly. No, no. You would, you would say, uh, what would he be? He would be... Uh... Either Saber or Berserker, I'm guessing. No, no. I, he could be Archer, too. But I would probably be. go with Saber. I yeah. would probably, I'll probably go with Saber, yeah. And uh, all, all of the, all of them fight, fight each other, or the other master. See, there, there, there's a bunch of ways to win. All right. Now, the, 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 the main, the main way to win is to be the last master and servant standing. Now, let, let's say during, during this fight, your servant is killed. Well, uh, they, the, the, the people who are administrating the Grail War is the Catholic Church. Because so, why not? Yeah, I mean, the, well, the, the the like I said, the the main magical clans went through all these iterations and trying to summon the Grail. They try every ten years, for three hundred years, it's never worked. So they, they 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 keep changing the quote unquote ritual. So for for the last couple of times, they've had the church administrate it, so so no one could try and cheat. The 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 uh, the uh, everyone agrees that the church has complete and utter say in any any arbitration during the game. And right. they've been around a while. They have a nice administrative structure. Yeah. You know. yeah, yeah. They've been around for a couple thousand years. So, yeah, okay, got it. Anyway, there, there is a safe zone for masters who, uh, who have lost their servant. They can go to the safe zone. They can stay there and wait. If a master dies in the conflict, 
the servant has less than two days to find a new master before he disappears back in, into 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 oblivion. Well, if you got a master waiting at the at the church, that's a safe zone. Then he can go out of the safe zone, try and hook up with this with this servant, and and get a deal with him to stay in the game. I, th- okay. I thought that was a really interesting me- mechanic to the to the to the series, and it, uh, it it made targeting masters where you'd think, oh, that sounds great. Well, it, it made it a little wild cardy because every every servant that's died has a master waiting for a new servant, and then you got you got somebody back in the game. So Netflix has categorized this as exciting and imaginative. Is that true? It's definitely exciting. There are not a lot of slow spots in all 25 episodes. Um, I, I think I was, I was like, okay, let's move on from this scene maybe twice. Because there, there was always either action, uh, leading, leading action, or intrigue that, that, can, that, will, that will keep you hooked. How's the voice acting? Uh, the, the, the voice acting, I, I only watched it uh, dubbed. I'm sorry, uh, subbed and 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 not dubbed. So it was, it was the the original the original actor's voice. Uh, no, nobody came off as flat. You know, like like they were phoning it in. Uh, if if it was an emotional scene, all of the all the voice actors, you know, I don't understand Japanese, obviously, but they were they were pretty they they were pretty into the lines. They they, they weren't messing around. Gotcha. Do you prefer subtitles? I do prefer sub because uh, um, the the original voice actor knows exactly how to inflect his language. And even though I'm reading it, as I'm reading it, I'm feeling his energy. Also, the original creators of the manga sometimes, or the, the anime, the original creators will be involved in choosing the voice actors so they get the voice they want. Exactly. They, they, they get the voice that they see in their head embodies their character. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, for, as, as a major example to that, um, uh, in Dragon Ball Z, uh, the the uh, American voice actor for Frieza is like a little girl, whereas the original voice was not. Right, I agree. Yeah, it was it was much more manly, which I I, I found rather rather disturbing. <laughs> but, but 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 anyway, um, uh, that and uh, the 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 first twenty five episodes is is you watching this fight. Uh, continue, and uh, I'm I'm going to give you one one spoiler. Uh, Ryder, in uh, in this uh, in this uh, uh, in this first season of of uh, of this is uh, is the epic is epic hero. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, what's his name? Uh, not Gilgamesh, the other guy. Oh my God, I am blanking on this. I can't help you. I know I'm. I don't. Oh my God! Hang on. I gotta. I gotta go to the Wikipedia page. I blanked on it. It's probably like Bob Dirt. Smith, something like that. No, no, nothing like that. No. Am I close? Not even a little bit. Okay. I got the Wikipedia link for that show. Already put Archer, up. Lancer, Caster, Berserker, Assassin, Rider. Here we go. Uh, Iskander. Uh, King of Conquerors, uh, famous in history as Alexander the Great. Yeah, as soon as you said Iskander, I was like, oh, I know who that is. Yes, yeah, and uh, and he he uh, at first you think he got unlucky. Uh, his uh, his his master is a low level mage, 
but for, for, for some reason, the grail, the grail chose him and his name is Waver. And it, it really, it really says a lot of his personality because that's what he is. He wavers a lot. He's not brave. He is not willful. He is just, he's kind of a pussy really. I mean, you would get right down to it, but uh, the, the, the interaction between him and, uh, and uh, uh, Iskander, you, you see the, the waver grow into a man by emulating his servant. Yeah. So the, the, the interaction between them is, is especially cool because he, he, as a character, gets the most growth in the series because everyone else was already a master mage. I mean, everyone else had been through the, the tribes and tribulations of, of wizarding life and how dangerous it is and, and had their life uh, on the line several times already. This guy was brand new. And he was a wuss in the beginning, but in, in, the, last, in, the, in the last episode, he, he stood his ground. And, uh, you know, he almost died doing it, but you could tell he was afraid, but you could also tell that now he was brave. Whereas in the first episode, he was the opposite of that. Nice. So he has amazing character growth. That is always, it's always cool to see, especially if it's done well. Yes. So enough uh, spoiling that. Let's, let's go to the next. Our second Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. I already know what's going to happen. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Our, our second installment is only available on Hulu. Not, not Netflix. Only Hulu. And it is One Punch Man. Uh, it was produced by Atsuhiro Awakami, written by... Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, I, I gotta scroll down here. And there we go. Okay. Uh, this one was directed by Shingo Natsumi and written by uh, Tomohiro Suzuki. Not kidding. Uh, it was created in a studio called Madhouse, also licensed by Mad Mad Entertainment, Viz Media for the U.S., and Kaze UK for Britain. It, uh, let's see, the original run... There we go. The original run is... Doo -doo -doo. There we go. Man, that took, that took a long time. I'm sorry. Yeah, October 5th, 2015 to the present because they're going to come out with season two in the third or fourth quarter of this year, of 2017. And the, the first season uh, that came out in 2015 was 12 episodes and seven OVAs, seven uh, standalone stories. But in these 12 episodes, you get to see the 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 idea of a hero and and the idea of a villain just turned around like 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 oh my god what am i watching all right the 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 the, the hero is named saitama all right now uh 2 years ago he was he was a low level salary salary man and uh he was just walking down the street going to yet, yet another job interview just the life you could tell the life just sucked right out of him Unfortunately, that's common because they live, they live in a world where monsters happen a lot. Big monsters, little monsters, they happen a lot. And they have a hero association to deal with them. Well, he wasn't a hero. He was just a guy. And he met a crab monster. And the crab monster wouldn't kill him because he looked in his eyes and said, oh, you're already dead. You know, not killing you would, would, oh, be, would be the actual punishment. That is beautiful, isn't it? Yep. And, and anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm after this kid 
who, uh, who, who, who drew nipples on my, on my, on my carapace. And you see little black marker nipples on his carapace where he, he would have nipples. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to get that little butt headed freak. And so the monster walks off. Saitama just kind of sighs and keeps walking. And then he sees his kid in the park playing with a, a soccer ball. And he sees his kid has a chin that looks just like a butt. And Saitama goes, oh, yeah, that's the kid. Should I warn him? It's really not my business, but yeah, I better warn him. He goes over to the kid. Hey, kid, did you draw nipples on a crab monster? Yeah, he was sleeping. Yeah, he's after you now. You should probably run. And then that's when the crab monster comes up. And now he says, well, I was going to let you live, but now that you're trying to help, help my, my prey, well, then you're going to get beat on too. And he, he kicks the kid. Well, S Saitama, for some reason, gets enraged. And he, he tries to fight the crab monster. Well, uh, he gets beat down pretty good at first because he's just a normal guy at this point. Gets beat down pretty good. Uh, he, has an, he has another fit of rage and he, he grabs his necktie and he, he wraps it around the, the head of the, of the crab monster and pulls and pulls and pulls until he pulls his head off along with, along with a lot of his innards. That was the origin story of the One Punch Man. From then on, that was two years in the past, from then on he trained and trained every day, all day. And now he's just as sad as he was back then because now there is literally no one his equal. They call him One Punch Man because he defeats all enemies with a single punch. Not even a super finishing move, like a normal punch. He actually calls it a normal punch. Boom. And they explode. <laughs> he, and then he gets pissed off, despondent, and then walks home. Now, he calls himself a hero for fun because he has not joined a hero association because he figures you don't need to be an official hero to be an actual hero. It seems pretty stupid. Well, as, as you can see in the, in the first episode, uh, he meets uh, an android pal, Genos, pictured in the slide. Uh, Genos at, at first thinks that he is a bad guy and uh, tries to fight him and quickly realizes that he is not because uh, uh, there's this mosquito monster. And here's, here's the thing. About, about One Punch Man that is so amazing. All of the bad guys have amazing backstory. They spend 10 minutes telling you everything about this bad guy. His origin story, his feelings, his thoughts, his hopes for the future. And on minute 11, they get punched and die. It's horribly funny every time you see it. Because every time they go into a major backstory for a villain, I'm like, oh, honey, wait, wait, he's going to die. Check this out. He's gonna die like in two minutes. He's dead. It was great. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, but then and then he, he goes back to being despondent. So it is a comedy uh, anime. Oh or? yeah. Oh, it's a comedy for sure. Oh, it's it it is an action comedy. Yes. And uh, as 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 another spoiler, um, uh, Genos starts hanging around Saitama because he wants to figure out how Saitama got so strong. And, and Saitama's being really cryptic about it. Not, not telling, him, telling him enough to keep him around, but not enough to actually get any helpful information out of it. Well, finally, in, the, in, this, in this lab of this guy who, who genetically experiments on, on animals to breed them with human DNA and, and to give them extra superpowers and stuff, um, he says, okay, you want to know how I did it? 
And both of them were like, yes, because the, the evil doctor genius wants to figure out what genes to take from him to put in his creations. And Chinos wants to know just to get stronger. He says, this is what you do. Number one, you don't use air conditioning, no matter how hot it gets. Number two, you always wake up at 6 a.m. Number three, you do 100 push-ups every day, 100 sit-ups every day, and you run 10 miles every day. That's how you do it. And they're, they're stunned. Like, that's, that's just exercise. That's like moderate exercise. That's not even extreme exercise. He says, well, well, that's what I did. I'm like, well, <laughs> crap, we're not going to figure anything out doing this. Like, so, we know uh, that's full of crap. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, eventually, he, uh, he actually does. Uh, uh, Genos uh, convinces him to, to apply to the Hero Association. Well, there are two parts to the test. One of them is written and one of them is physical. Obviously, he aced the physical part. I mean, people thought he cheated, except they, they, they parsed over the video and they're like, okay, he can't have cheated. We have the best sensors in the world. He really did that. And he forgot to go to the written part. So there, there are several levels to heroes. There's class C, which is the bottom, B, A, and S. S are the, are the heroes that uh, de defend against uh, city and world-destroying events. Geno's tested in the S class right out of the bat. Uh, unfortunately, because he aced one part and got a zero on the other, he was put into C class. And Geno's couldn't understand why. He's like, the written part was easy. He went written part? I mean, yeah, it was easy. It must be a mistake. Uh, oops. So he has to start at the bottom and work his way up. I, th I thought that was pretty funny because uh, uh, when, when you're C-class, you actually have a, a rescue quota for the week. You have to rescue so many people or animals or, you know, cats from trees or whatever. You have to do that every week, a certain number, or, or you get kicked from the Hero Association. So he stresses about that. So, yeah, overall, uh, the... the uh, the, uh, the, the, the series is, I'm not going to say groundbreaking, but re refreshing in its tone and in its pace and content and, uh, and, and, and uh, how it works with the heroes and the villains. It certainly you know, has made a big impact in such a short time. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, it came out, well, a year and three months ago, and it, it immediately went everywhere just because it's so different than all the other anime that are out right now. Yep. And the, the, the last episode uh, has uh, outside of, of main, main story arc ending fights in Dragon Ball Z, it's the most action I've ever seen in an, in an anime hour, the, the most. Now that's high, pretty high up there. I know, right? That's the way it is, though. So like you, I, said, I would say is, you would recommend others watch this? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, number one, it's only 12 episodes. So you're, you're, you're not going to invest a whole lot of time. But what time you do invest is going to feel like you got paid to see it. That's how much you're going to like it. That is high praise indeed. And on to our next, in, our next and last installment. Chivalry of a Failed Knight. Now, this one I chose because I am, I am a sucker 
for any anime that does not follow the normal anime hero hero's journey model what which is uh the the they normally they when when they when the episode one they're a bumbling idiot with high dreams and just raw potential no actual skill and by the end of the story they have now achieved all of that skill and all of that potential is now put into use and they're actually heroes now I love the stories like this one where the main character, uh, the, the, the guy you see on the right, uh, Iki Kuragagi, uh, Kuragani, sorry. Um, he starts off day one being immensely powerful, but no one recognizes him because there's a certain flaw. Now in this world, oh, I'm sorry, no, I better go to uh, uh, written by, written by uh, Shogo Yasukawa, uh, studio is Silver Link, uh, the license by, again, Madman Entertainment and Sentai Filmworks. Uh, the original run was October 3rd, 2015 to December 19th, 2015, and it listed for 12 episodes. Now, in, in this world, uh, magic and, and technology are mingled together. Uh, certain, only certain people, like a small percentage of the population, they didn't really get into it, but uh, from, from what I've seen, I imagine it to be 5% or less. Of the population have the ability to use magic. They're called blazers. Now, uh, the 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 main the main uh, catch point for being a blazer is you can summon a device, a weapon, from your soul. Now, it, depending on the person the person you are, it could be nunchucks, it could be a flail, it could be a spear, it could be a sword, it could be anything. Now, our our hero Iki Kuragani, he. Uh, he just meets the, the criteria. He has such a low level of magic that the only thing he can really do is summon his weapon and minorly, minorly uh, alter his, all of his physical, his physical properties like speed, strength, stamina, reflexes, stuff like that. Whereas everyone else has at least two or three times the amount of magic he has. And they can not only summon their weapon and, and augment themselves greatly, but they can also cast spells which he has no access to whatsoever. Ah. Yeah, I want, I want you to think that uh, uh, all the magic in, in, in Iki's body is, can, can, can be contained in a gallon jug. All right. And, and when he releases it, it's like poking a small hole in that gallon jug. It drips out. There's nothing he can really do with that. You know, you, you can't save it. You have to use it as it comes out but it's only a little drip. So he can't cast any spells. He can't do anything with that. Now, everyone else think of them as a 10 gallon drum with a spigot on it that, that you can, that you can turn on and it comes out in a stream. Well, they can use that, that, that largesse of magic that they can release from their bodies at one time to do all sorts of amazing feats. So no one would teach Kurigani anything because they thought it would be a waste of time can't teach you anything. There's nothing you could absolutely learn. You suck. Go away. So ever since he was small, he learned to teach himself, uh, especially sword play. Uh, he would watch documentaries. He would go to tournaments. He would do everything, everything to, to, to try and mimic sword skills. He got really good at it, so much so that he, he, uh, he developed the, the ability called sword steel, where he could watch someone fight for, say, 30 seconds and then copy their style perfectly. Okay. 
Yeah, that's great. But still, when you got fireballs thrown at you, being able to, you know, parry and thrust is not going to help you. Right. So he developed another ability. He developed the, the ability to unleash all of his magic, his entire gallon jug, instead of over the course of an hour, say, in one minute. So now his flow is two or three times greater than the average magician's flow of magic because he, he ripped open the bottom of the jug and just all spilled out at once. And he calls that Itoshura, which in the translation is roughly one sword slaughter or one sword massacre. All right. It could go either way. And that, that's, that's what he does. Since he can't cast spells, he uses that, that, um, that giant... Uh, outflow of magic to increase his physical his physical properties tenfold now he's faster stronger more agile and can run for that entire minute without without failing than anyone than anyone he runs into now that plus his his second to none sword technique now he's an actual threat right since most combat if you're winning won't last that long anyway exactly he wins so quickly that a minute is more than enough time. Wasn't it Bruce Lee that said something like the lines of, like, no fight should last longer than five seconds or something? Like a real fight? Something like that. Don't remember the exact quote. But yeah, a that. real fight yeah. isn't going to last long. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he yeah he turns it into a real fight. And he, he overwhelms his opponent immediately. Even, even when they know it's coming. They still can't handle it. They've, they've seen it before. They, 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 they've seen him topple somebody else. They still can't handle it. Uh, he, has, he has two other abilities. All, all of his abilities are all mental. He has disciplined himself. He can't use magic, so, so he has disciplined his mind to be so sharp and so, so perceptive that he can simulate some magical abilities. Uh, well, one of them is, is the sword steel, which I told you about. Uh, uh, two others, one of them is is called a perfect vision if he knows his opponent enough if he knows enough about his opponent he can predict everything they're going to do with almost flawless accuracy in in combat he knows what they're going to do next uh if if, if like for example he he used it on an archer who was firing invisible arrows he was able to block everyone because he knew his opponent he knew his temperament he knew he knew uh, his likes and dislikes so he was, he's able to, to predict where he was going to shoot him from and what part of the body he was going to shoot to. His other, his other ability is called irregular guarding, where he's able to use the terrain and, uh, say, the, the, the pommel of his weapon to guard an attack that, that should not have been able to have been blocked. Especially when, when he's using Itoshura, uh, you know, he can pretty much block anything anything physical he, he can block with that plus plus uh, irregular guarding almost sounds like a triumph of skill over ability yes it is i mean uh, uh he was actually ostracized from his family because he had he had no magical ability or very so so little magical ability it wasn't worth mentioning so his his, his family basically blacklisted him they didn't they didn't want to talk to him they, they said i don't want to get you know leave my his father uh is is the head of the magical association for japan said leave my sight Stay away from me. I don't oh, want you to be associated with me. Exactly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil spoiler this one too. Uh, just this one scene. Uh, 
he was about, I'd say five to seven years old. It was winter time. And this is when his father told him that. And he ran off into the, into the snow. It was a blizzard. He ran off into the snow and very soon got lost as children do in a blizzard. Well, really anyone does in a blizzard, but, uh, and then he fell to the ground and said to himself, this is it. You know, everyone wants me gone. This, I might as well do this. And then suddenly in front of him was his grandfather. His grandfather, whose name escapes me at the moment. Hang on. Nope, that's not it. Bob Smith. Bob Smith. There you go. No, no. There you go. Ryoma Kuragani. Now, he was, uh, in, in his time, you know, he's, he's over the hill now. At that, at that point, he's over the hill. And in the, current, in the current time, he's dead. But he was the greatest warrior in Japan, the, the, the greatest blazer in Japan. His sword skills and his magical skills were literally second to none. He, he found his grandchild, picked him up, and as he's walking him back, back to, the, to, the, uh, to the largesse of the estate that he has, he told him, listen, I know what your father said. Don't listen to him. I got strong because I never quit. I trained. P- people, said, people said, you can't do that. I did that. People said, that'll never work. I found a way to make it work. As long as you, as long as you have faith in yourself, as long as you have faith that you can meet your goal, if you don't quit, you will meet your goal. And ever since that day, he's lived his life just like that. He's very humble. He's very, he's very respectful. But he is optimistic and never quits. If something's not working, he's not an idiot. He's not going to just push through. He's going to find another avenue. He's going to find a way to make it work. So people are attracted to him once they get try and get to know him. And up 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 until the beginning of of the series, no one in school got wanted to know him because he was he was F class student. He was crap. No one no one wanted to know him. No one so no one talked to him. Right. But uh, starting starting with the with the beginning of the series, the, the the female with the with the strawberry hair that you see in the slide, um, her name is Stella Vermilion. She is actually a princess in uh, in, a, in, in a, from a country that really closely resembles Germany in in, in many aspects. And uh, the the headmaster of the acad of the magical academy put them together as roommates to. To force to force someone to acknowledge Iki Kuragani, because uh, the headmaster knew that that Stella was so so over the top. Uh, uh, I don't know what to call it. Um, elitist, I guess. That immediately she would she would challenge him to a duel, to 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 always to always have that to, to lord over him. And she is a she is an A class. Uh, magician extremely gifted and she worked extremely hard on top of that so she believes there's no way this f-class idiot could beat me until he pulls out ito shura and then 20 seconds later the fight's over and it it rocked her psychologically but it it also it also made her respect kuragani and 
with that respect, everyone, everyone else around him saw that. Wow, the 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 princess of Vermilion is talking with him like like he's an equal. Why is that? And then they would they would go and try and find out about about uh, Kuragani, and then they would get to like him because he's a likable guy. He's really nice. He's very calm. He's cool. So he starts collecting a, a large number of friends throughout the throughout the series because people are now trying to get to know him. So I, I I thought that was that was a great great aspect to uh, to uh, a, a plot device to to make people talk to someone who they would never normally talk to. All right, so why would you recommend this series to someone to watch? I would recommend this series to someone to watch uh, mainly be, because I I really really like the, uh, the the idea that the hero is already skilled in in episode one that uh, that that he's stronger than you think. And he 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 breaks through other other people's opinions of him very very quickly once he gets into a fight or or once once he goes into action, and also uh, it it tells a love story that is is like a you know a young love story. There, there's no nudity in this. Uh, there there is a, pass a stop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it, uh, the the uh, two two main characters slowly you know r- romantically come closer throughout the throughout the the uh, the uh, season. But uh, what I really really liked about it is it was believable for young teenagers, which is which is what they are. I mean, they look like they're twenty two, but that's just how it's drawn. They're really something like fifteen or sixteen. Uh, young young teenagers, especially the the uh, um, Iki who has never had a girlfriend because no one would give him time of the day and the princess because she's a princess and not allowed to date or whatever. So they're, 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 they're discovering romantic love with each other, stumbling along the way, but always staying pure with it, which I, I thought was really good because a lot of anime, when, when they do love either they do it very, very childishly or they do it over the top pervy. This one, this one uh, stays right on course, right down the middle chaste romantic love that is believable in in its progression once you know the backstory of of both of both people they're doing it for the first time that sounds nice yeah it is nice it was it was really good uh, as as far as pacing goes um again the 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 pace is the pace is really good there were a couple of slow spots uh when when they were when they were delving into backstory that i thought might have been unnecessary but uh uh, if you push through the, those couple of spots, the action is excellent. The the the, the storyline, the overall arc storyline is great. Um, the uh, voice acting uh, for for the for the main two characters is good. I thought that the bad guys' voice acting was a little flat. Like they 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 could have put a little more emotion into it, or not such over the top hammy type emotion. Sometimes, but. Uh, um, the the storyline progression, like I said, was excellent, and uh, it's uh, it's 25 episodes, but still, uh, you're, you're not going to want your money back. This this is this is a good series. All right, and uh, what streaming service is this one available on? This one again, only available on Hulu. I see. So we got Hulu and Netflix for Fate Zero. We have only only Hulu for One Punch Man, and only Hulu for Chivalry of Chivalry of a Failed Knight. Seems so, like Hulu has the majority of these usually. Hulu has a lot of good stuff that I like, truth, truthfully. For my overdue homework assignment, I'm definitely going to do the uh, the one that you just showed me on Netflix, uh, Fate Zero. 
It's already on my queue. I'm going to watch it before next week. Cool. Good deal. All right. Uh, is there anything else you would like to add to sum up? Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, if you're watching on Twitch, thank you very much for, for sticking in there. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much. Uh, please, if, if, you, if you like my content, uh, like and, and subscribe for, uh, for the uh, Legion, with, uh, Legion with YouTube page. But more importantly, if you didn't like what I said or you have a different opinion, please leave a comment. I promise I will get back to you and I will justify my worldview as best I can. All right, that is a great. And remember, people, you can also hear more of Heathen Dog's bitter, I mean, lovely, um, helpful wit on his live streams uh, of Star Trek Online, which have been highly entertaining, I must say. Fats McCool is my new Star Trek hero. The anti-hero of the universe. <laughs> Pretty much. All right, well, thank you very much. Thank you, Heathen Dog. You're welcome. All right, kids. You know what time that makes it? It is time. No, it's not. It's time for talking <laughs> over Garthon's intro music. Yay! Yeah, thanks. All right, it's time for Garthon's comic poll. All right, first book going over this week is USA Avengers. That's clever, USA Avengers, USA Avengers. Um, this yeah, is basically it. the offshoot of New Avengers, which got canceled and became US Avengers. Same writing team, or evaluating of, of still the writer, art still by Paco uh, Medina. Uh, personally, I loved New Avengers. I thought it was the best Avengers series. Uh, USA Avengers pretty much goes along the same veins. Uh, different team, uh, still got Squirrel Girl in their prime lineup. Sunspot is still uh, in charge of the team, but... He is now contracted with the United States, essentially. So that way, the United U.S. actually has like their own Avengers team. Um, okay. So I gotta say the uh, one of the problems that the governments always have with the Avengers is that they're private. You know, they, they no one controls them, which in some ways is good, and in some ways is well, what if they go rogue? Which has happened a couple times. So you always gotta wonder, and so. There was a whole big thing where in New Avengers, uh, Sunspot ended up taking over AIM through a, through a buyout, because he's a mega millionaire. Uh, so he bought out AIM and turned them into a force for good. And AIM has actually turned into American intelligence mechanics instead of advanced idea mechanics. And they're mad scientists for America now. The, uh, yay! Yay! Because we need more of those. We do. Come on, everyone else. Independent mad scientists are doing all the good work. Go, you know, the government needs their own mad scientists. Um, all right, sounds legit. So it actually, uh, this book is very much a get-to-know-you book. Uh, it introduces the team. Um, they do it through a series of like camera-facing vignettes, which actually they even talk about why they're doing it. You know, it's like to because people are nervous about superheroes. You know, so we're doing these get-to-know-you things. Like, all right. Um, there's a Red Hulk in here who was actually the general who was actually going after the US Avengers for a while, uh, the new Avengers for a while. Squirrel Girl's on the team. Huh? Is he wearing glasses or Yes, goggles? he is. He's wearing glasses. Oh my god. He needs, he needs, he needs vision correction now? Well, no. Those are sunglasses. Oh, okay, okay. I thought they were like glasses, glasses. Right, no, sorry. uh, the Red Hulk, oh, I forget what his name is. It's, one, it's a general. It's not Ross. It's a different general. Thunderbolt. 
Oh, really? Yeah, it's not Thunderbolt it's Ross. It's Ross. a different... He can only turn the Hulk for, like, ten minutes every hour or something. Or is it one hour? Oh, it's one hour a day. He could be the Red Hulk. Um, okay. Usually that's enough for a Hulk. Yeah, exactly. That's They even make a joke about that. Like, they're fighting, like, this giant uh, volcano island helicarrier thing. It's just completely crazy. It's awesome. And... Like, we could really use a Hulk right now. It's like, you got five minutes. Because basically, uh, like, the timer that lets him turn Hulk you know, is clicking down. It's like, okay, I can go now. So it turns into Hulk, punches the thing, and Scroll Girl's like, well, what do we do with the other 58 minutes? You know, as he punches a carrier out of the sky, because he's a freaking right, Hulk. Right, yeah. And the dialogue sparkles. It's very witty. I love the art. The characters are fun. Um, it looks like they're going some crazy places. I mean, the book finishes up with a threat from a new villain called the Gold Skull. Um, in the background, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, you get appearing through a portal, uh, Captain America from Earth, what is it, 105? Something like that. Who is the Captain America from a future uh, where the Avengers have been destroyed. But it's just, uh, she is the daughter of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones from the future as Captain America. Nice. That was, that's I didn't see that coming. Yeah, so she's super strong, unbreakable skin. Um they haven't showed her with any, like, flight or anything powers yet. The brief times she's been shown in other comics. But she's a pretty awesome Captain America from the comics I've seen her in. It's like, oh, that's really cool. Um, it's an interesting book, and I like what I've seen of it so far. Like I said, I was a big fan of New Avengers. Big fan of Al Ewing, Pac Medina. I liked this book. Uh, it was a great first issue. Got me interested. Like, oh, man, I want to see next issue. Come on. Um... So it did everything it was supposed to do. I'll give it a four and a half out of five. I really liked it. Sounds good. Nice. Art was yeah. solid. Writing was solid. It made me want more. Um, I found all the characters entertaining. It So, yeah, I'm for it. Especially if you know the background. Some of the characters are transfers over, but slightly different from New Avengers. So if you knew them then, it's kind of nice to see them come, come over. So, yeah. Is that Cannonball in the top right? Yes, it is. All right, good. Nine vulnerable when blasting. Well, he is uh, Sunspot's best friend. So, moving on. We're going to talk about Superman number 14. Because Superman, yo. Superman. Sure. The real Superman, not, not, that, not that idiot that died. Yeah, because he was lame. He needed to die. Lame. Um, uh, art by Joe Preto and Ivan Rice. Uh, written by Patrick Gleason, Peter J. Tomasi. This book starts a new story arc they're calling Multiplicity. The uh, Some group called, some strange group, who isn't fully named yet, has these collectors going out. And they're actually like collecting Superman from various universes. Um, the, uh, like, or right? Superwomen. I see number, number, number four is a... Is a female. Positively female. Yes, but... She is the Superman of her world, so she's okay. so that that would have been a world where Supergirl showed up first. Got you it. Know. Um, so ba- it starts out with uh, Clark Kent driving and like something crashes field. He checks it out and it's uh, if anyone's familiar with uh, Red Sun Superman, who came from an alternate timeline where instead of Superman landing in Kansas, Kansas. he landed in the Soviet Union. Woohoo! In you know the Cold War. And became a Soviet super soldier. So that version of Superman basically, you know, is land, you know, 
crashes all beat up. He's like, who, whoa, who are you? Are you okay? And he starts speaking Russian. I'm like, you speak Russian? I speak many languages. You know, he's Superman. Um, and that's been shown in the comics multiple times. But basically, we're trying to help this other Superman out. He's like, it's kind of weird, but he's kind of used to multi-universe things at this point. So he's not like, oh, no, what can this mean? He's like, oh, that's kind of strange. And then these collectors show up and try and take him. And so they fight off the collectors. And this other Superman from, like, the Union of Supermen shows up uh, from some other version of the Justice League only takes care of, like, galaxy-destroying measures. He's like, oh, we're the Justice League X, and we only take care of... And he's like, Superman's like, yeah, three other guys like you around. Yes! So it, there's a lot of multi-world stuff. It's crazy. Uh, new Superman, uh, the Asian one, is actually, like, the target of the collectors of this Earth. So they, have, they actually end up capturing him before Superman could rescue him. And that's setting up kind of like what they did in Spider-Man last year with, uh, yeah, with the, yeah, with the whole, uh, um, reality jumping, getting, getting all the spiders together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah it's, right, it right. sounds very much, they're setting up something very similar to that, but with Superman. So it's better. Uh, <laughs> I don't Unless know. there's a, there's a super pig. There might. Well, actually at the end of the book, they do show captain carrot. Captain... That's disappointing. Yes, I know. Well, they show Captain Carrot. They also show his essence getting sucked out of him. And he turns into a normal rabbit. That's that's what? great. That is how the book ends because they're collecting these supermen to suck their super juice out of, I guess, their their life essence, which then these otherworldly entities live off of and gain superpowers, and that's how they go. So the end of the book shows, you know, Captain Carrot's like, "What is this? What a Volt predicament!" He's trying to find out, and they suck the living essence out of him and he they just end up with like a very realistic looking rabbit you know wearing of the captain carrot costume and you were saying <clears throat> captain carrot first thing that came to mind was flaming carrot oh no very different comic as <laughs> 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 flaming carrot was an indie comic uh was that late 80s early 90s yeah. uh from and he, he didn't he gain superpowers from reading all of his uncle's comic books in the I attic. pulled him up in Wikipedia. He actually first debuted in 1979. That makes sense. It's about that time, I would say, for Flaming mm-hmm. Carrot. But yeah, he got super from reading all of his uncle's comic books in the attic or something. Weird, weird <laughs> book. But anyway, Captain Carrot was from DC's animal cartoon verse. He was basically the cartoon animal version of Superman. They also had like Wonder Poodle. Um, I don't remember all the rest. Batman, was he a duck or something? I don't remember what Batman was. Anyway, but uh, I liked this book. It was a good setup for the multiplicity storyline. I always like multi-world stuff. It's always fun, unless it overstays its welcome, which I'm hoping this won't. But DC has a tendency to overstay the welcome of certain storylines. All things, right? Yeah, I know. They don't, they don't know when to let it go. Yeah, it's been a. The last thing they did right was Forever Evil, which I would have loved to see more of, and that was two years ago now. So. Uh, uh, I like the way it's set up. The art is beautiful. Uh, I just can't say good enough things about it. I love the art for the Superman book. The writing is sharp. Uh, every, All the different... They don't show too many Superman, but the ones they show have distinct voices. You know, it's not just Superman, Superman, Superman. It's These are distinct, different people, and I like the way they managed to pull that off. Um, I liked it. I'll give it a four to five. I'm looking forward to what goes on with it. So I, I got a lot of good books this week, so I was very happy. Oh, sweet. But last, we're going to talk about, by popular demand, 
Deadpool the Duck, number one. Yes. As the cover shows, Deadpool plus Howard the Duck equals Deadpool Duck. This this had better be nothing but an unmitigated train wreck. Well, it sounds like you're actually not familiar with the Howard the Duck character, except from like the movie, maybe. No, I, re- I read a, I read a couple of his of his comics, and when when I was younger, I thought I thought he was funny, but as I got older, I was like, nah, this is just lame. Well, Howard the Duck started as like a 1970s dystopian character, honestly. Yeah. Um, he was part of that whole like Dave Sim uh, era, that kind of attitude of the character. Uh, I don't remember how he ended up being owned by Marvel, but it did. Uh, they made a, a movie in the 80s, which was bad, but as a kid, yeah. I thought it was funny. But it's a bad film. The uh, It was a bad film because it never hit the right tone. Some parts were too dark, some parts were too light, and then there was like a weird romantic relationship. and It was... Yeah. It yeah, was, yeah, there was a weird, no, no, not weird, no, no, stupid weird. Right, it was creepy, it was weird, it shouldn't have been there, and yeah, it was, it, it felt like two different movies slammed together that didn't work. Did it have Helen Hunt in it? No, 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 it was, no, no. Uh, uh, it, was, it. it was Marty McFly's mom. Oh, it was an L. Lena, Lord, ah, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Someone oh, look that up. Um, I can see her face clear as day, but I can't remember to put the name on it. She was in that Caroline in the City. I remember that for some reason. Don't know why I remember that, but I do. The, uh... But, uh, written by Stuart Moore. Uh, art by Jacopo Kamagagi? Kamagini? Kamagini, I'm guessing. Uh, the cover is David Nakayama. All right. You should know. Leah Thompson. That's it, Leah Thompson. There you go. I knew it had an L. Leah Thompson. There you go. You should know just looking at the cover, Deadpool the Duck. You should know you are not going to get a serious book. Okay? No. Expect no. this right now. Not serious yep. book. Nope. Um, probably not part of the canon Marvel Universe, I'm guessing, because that would destroy Deadpool as a character. Um, yep. So don't you worry about that. But the book starts out with Deadpool getting a job from S.H.I.E.L.D. to go take down an E.T., an extraterrestrial. Not the E.T., but an E.T. Good, um, because that would be super dark. be entertaining, though. For a little bit. Then just end up with, phone home, blam, blam, blam. Yeah, that'd be the, that'd be the And a wacky home. Wow, wow, look how long that neck stretches. Reminds you of something else. Wink, wink. So, all right. So Deadpool gets paid by S.H.I.E.L.D. to go take out an E.T. Then, on the other hand, and at the same time, while he's getting his briefing, Deadpool has a voice in his head. And the S.H.I.E.L.D. is like, what, who are you talking to? He's like, well, I have found, I have read a book about anger management. Well, they're like, you read a book? Well, I listened to a podcast, a whole podcast. I listened to five minutes of a podcast before I shot it. And it was about anger management. And it said if you have problems with anger issues, it helps to have a conscious or a voice in your head. And it made me so mad I had to shoot the thing. But it's not a bad idea. So I have a voice in my head. And it's my good buddy Logan. So half the book, every time Deadpool's like talking to his conscious, he has this floating head of Wolverine behind him, like offering him terrible advice and saying Bub and Snicked a lot. So it's kind of like Deadpool's take what Wolverine would sound like. Which was entertaining. I'm not gonna. Well, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it was funny. That's a, that's a little shameless from from the movie. Oh, it's completely shameless, yeah. but funny. Um, so then it cuts to Howard the Duck driving his car, 
thinking about what the hell he's going to do with his life. Because the private eye business didn't work out like it was supposed to. Things weren't going well. This isn't a world he wants to be in. He has no way to get back home. And then a UFO, a spaceship, crashes into his car. And he's like, he gets out. He's like, what the hell? He gets out, and it's Rocket Raccoon. He's like, Rocket, what are you doing? And Rocket ends up, they put they put it in me. Oh, and he starts you know, t- you know, foaming at the mouth and attacking Howard the Duck, trying to kill him. They put it in me? Yes. That, that, that's what he said. That's a quote. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Carry on. Um. Uh, apparently, Howard the Duck has 4.6 stars in IMDb. Who gave it more than one star has got to be the question. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for a 10-star review right now just to see what the hell they said. I'm sure someone's like, it's a really underrated movie. Yeah, no. It has so many deep meanings that you just have to peel the layers. <laughs> you guys aren't deep enough for it's, Howard the it's Duck. It's like an onion. You just got <laughs> to keep peeling, and, and then you'll find gold. Don't you see how it eviscerates the Reagan-era economics policies? Come on, people! <laughs> um, anyway. Aristotle would have loved this movie. <laughs> I think Socrates actually wrote this movie. He at least had an outline of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so Howard is a fighting uh, rocket raccoon. Deadpool shows up uh, using his wrist teleporter, which he hasn't broke out in quite a while. Because if you remember the original Deadpool stuff, he would teleport in and out a lot. And he hasn't, doesn't yeah. do that anymore. No. Because he mothballed the uh, the pocket, the wrist teleporter. He's saying to himself, why did I stop using this? This thing's fun. Lots of fun, bub. Snicked. Um, he, he teleports in. Uh, they start fighting. And it turns out he's actually after Rocket Raccoon, not Howard the Duck. Uh, Howard starts wait, getting argued with Deadpool what? about why you're trying to kill Rocket. And he's like, hey, I was hired to kill him. He's an E.T. And he's not do- being you. Do any favors? Like, he's he's my friend. He's just going crazy. And then they find out that he got infected with space rabies. And he bites Deadpool right in the te- wrist teleporter, which fuses him and Howard together. For me, Deadpool the Duck. Outstanding. Uh, so basically, you end up with Deadpool in Howard the Duck's body. They haven't determined, shown any powers or anything yet. I'm assuming he still has all Deadpool's powers. With, instead of, with uh, Howard the Duck as his conscience. Oh, we lost Wolverine? That's too bad. Yeah, we lost Wolverine. Maybe he's there too. I don't know. Maybe that's issue two. Um, it, uh... Alright, so how they fuse together? Alright, once you saw the wrist teleporter, it's like, okay... That's how they become Deadpool Duck. Yeah, you you just kind of had to see that coming, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like the old. Oh my gosh, just Chekhov, the playwright Chekhov. He said you don't show a gun in Act Two unless you use it in Act Three. Uh, it's one of those things. If they're showing it, it they're going to use it later. So, it uh, it was fun, I guess. People who love Howard the Duck and people who love Deadpool. There's a pretty good crossover there, I think. And they're going to love this book. People of Deadpool are going to buy it because it has Deadpool in it. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. It, it didn't resolve the fight between Deadpool no. the Duck and... No. And uh, the they Rocker. got okay. mashed together, and uh, Rocket's still all frothing at the mouth about his space rabies. And it's like, huh. And that's where it ends. After the big, big reveal of Deadpool the Duck. Should have just thrown some water on him. Something I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's maybe space rabies water doesn't work. You need space water. I don't know. I don't know. What is space water? Ice. 
not a bad book. Uh, the art was pretty good. I, you know, uh, I liked the art. The art matched the book very well. It was fun. It was lighthearted. Uh, good composition, good panels. It was easy to follow. It's everything you want to see. Uh, the writing was what it was. It wasn't bad. It was good. It didn't make you go, oh, God, I need to read issue two. Oh, that Deadpool the Duck is just getting me. I'm going quackers for Deadpool the Duck. No. Um, oh, I see what you did there. No, I'm, I'm clever. But then again, I'm not the world's biggest Deadpool fan. I'm actually, I'm not a Deadpool hater or detractor. I'm very neutral to Deadpool. I don't understand why he's so popular, honestly. I think he's kind of funny, but to me, he's a third banana kind of funny, you know? You have to make some some peppy remarks as, you know, the rest of the real heroes are doing something, you know? I got to say, though, Tim Robbins is so lucky that he scored the script in the movie Shawshank Redemption, because otherwise he would have been remembered as the Howard the Duck guy. Yep. Tim yeah, Robbins yeah, did yeah. Howard the Duck? Yeah, I just noticed that. I didn't remember him in it, but yeah, he's one of the lead characters. Oh, gosh, he is. You're right. He was really young. Tim Robbins was in a number of, like, bad movies. Oh, yeah. He was, but it, weird. It's like his good movies are ones no one watched in the theaters, like Hudsucker Proxy or Shawshank Redemption or, or uh, Redemption or Tucker. No one saw those in the, No one saw those in the Tucker. theater. Tucker. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, I liked that one. Those were good films. No one saw them in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like a note. Don't put Tim Robbins in your film. If it's bad, people will see it. If it's good, no one will see it. Yeah, true. But I wasn't, it wasn't so bad. I was ashamed I spent my money, but neither was it so good I'm going to keep buying it. It's, you know, to me it screams, you know, hey, look, we want money. But what? But on the other hand, this book is exactly the kind of book that they love um, doing backdoor introductions of new characters with. Uh, Gwenpool, who is a combination of Deadpool and Gwen Stacy, um, yeah, I know, uh, it was introduced in Howard the Duck number six, I think, and Gwenpool is now being introduced in mainline comics. So I would not be surprised at all if through this book you start seeing some kind of wacky characters, and if they take off, they get introduced into mainline continuity. Would not surprise right. me at all. Because this is the kind of book where you can do you know experimentation with, and that's what they're going to do with this, I'm assuming. Because really, what is there to do with a combination of Howard the Duck and Deadpool? What can you do that you can't do in a Deadpool comic already? You know? So... I think that this is going to be a, a book for wacky situations and crazy antics. Like basically one of those go nuts. You don't really have to care about continuity or anything. And so that might make it interesting for the future. Uh, final Garthon ranking. Uh, uh, Sounds like a three out of five. Yeah, to me it's a three out of five. I liked it, didn't love it. Everything was, really, everything was solid on the book. It just didn't really do it for me. It was fun. But I have no reason to buy another issue. I don't. Yeah. It, but it, it normally it normally would be like a two and a half star out of five, but it, be, it was well they, done. Yeah, yeah. Be, be, because it had a it had a shaky premise, but they pulled it off at the end. Give it the extra half star. Yeah, exactly. Um, however, if you are a gigantic Deadpool fan, it's probably a four out of five, maybe even four and a half. If you're a big Deadpool fan, if you're a big Howard the Duck fan, it's like a three and a half. But if you're a big Deadpool fan, 
you've probably already bought this and framed it and sent it off to to be graded um honestly but it's a it's a fun book not one for the kids there's not real excessive violence or cussing in it but eh I, I don't see reason to say, hey, kids, look, it's Deadpool. He murders people. Yay! Hey, let's go see the Deadpool film, kids. They drop the F-bomb every three seconds. Yay! So, and that is it for Garthon's comic poll this week. Yay! <laughs> right on spot. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so if you, if you want to see more Garthon's comic poll, have any questions, any books you want to let me see, you think I need to tell you about give you an opinion so you don't have to form one yourself let me know uh go ahead and check let it drop us a line on the facebook page or at legionmyth.tv and if you like this please like or subscribe to our streams thank you very much legion myth thanks you your country thanks you and i will say the winter warlock thanks you wow that's high praise it is it mm-hmm. is yeah I call him Winter. We're close like that. So, moving on to RNG, was there anything you guys felt needed to be discussed this week? Uh, I watched a good movie uh, last night. What was it? And I was kind of surprised. Uh, Jeff Bridges has kind of disappointed me in recent years. Um, yeah. But uh, his movies haven't been horrible, but they're 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 lacking. And uh, but I actually I watched The Giver. And I'm kind of a sucker, uh, let me tell you, just for end-of-the-world movies, dystopian society-type movies. Um, and that's what The Giver is. It's like kind of a, you know, 1984-type society off in the future. <clears throat> okay. But I was actually pleasantly surprised. They kind of borrowed something from that one movie where it's all black and white, um, where he goes back in time to the 1950s, you know, when they had black and white TVs. Um, but yeah, the giver, I was, I gave it, uh, I had to round up to four stars. I wanted to give it three and a half. Netflix doesn't let you give three. (laughs) Uh, so I rounded up to four, but I I give it three and a half stars. Nice. What'd you like about it? Well, um, I, you know, what's kind of funny is sometimes the movie can be pretty piss poor, horrible. And, I'll still give it some points for premise. If they come up with a new, unique, interesting premise, you know, okay, okay, sure, it's a dystopian society. What, what's different? What, what's different about this one? What, what direction are you going? And um, they kind of went the direction of equilibrium, you know, where they had tried to have an emotionless society where everybody's, uh, uh, I think they were taking a medication in equilibrium. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, it's, it, it sounds a lot a lot like that. And, it uh, is. Yeah, know. everybody's taking a medication in this one as well. They're okay. trying to eradicate um, uh, emotion. This this movie kind of had a kind of a, it was a uh, wasn't very dark uh, in some ways. Of course, you know, dystopian society movies usually are a little bit, but because uh, it's a very dark future. But if you pair it up with uh, let's say like Hunger Games and Equilibrium, it's kind of that feel. It's, it's meant for a slightly younger audience because it's, you know, a lot of the main characters are young. But uh, probably the overall thing I liked about it was how they broke out the, the jobs. Uh, you know, everybody comes of age and, you know, they get assigned jobs. And the, the one kid that uh, gets the, he's 
you know, the, the chosen one, he gets the special job because there's only one of these people. He's the receiver. And basically, he's the one person that's allowed to have emotions. He's the one person that uh, gets to learn the history and the lore that nobody else knows about mankind. He's the only person that knows that wars ever existed. Um, and it's just an interesting take on it. And oh, I've course, ever seen previews for that. That did look interesting. I, I, you know, keep in mind, the movie does have its failings. I, I did mark down, you know, a whole point and a half. Uh, and I gave very strong points for premise and kind of an intriguing concept. But, um, and there's definitely some cheesiness. But uh, overall, yeah, I enjoyed it. Oh, that is nice. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you got, Heathen Dog? Well, uh, I, I want to talk more, more about Elgarian's new, uh, new, new computer that's coming. All right, let's talk about that. <laughs> Tell us about that. Well, uh, Al, if you want to go first, I'll bring up the specs on my computer. Uh, well, what am I going I'll for? Be ready to go in a minute. What's that? Well, wait, why am have... I going? What am I doing? Well, no, 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 having... I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll okay. go. Away. All right. Uh, this morning, I had, a, I had a catastrophic graphics card failure. Yeah. What was up yeah. with that? Yeah. Well, uh, uh, yesterday, I was playing uh, Star Trek Online with Max Liao, and uh, um, my, my computer just crashed. I'm like, oh, crap, that doesn't happen. What the hell's going on? And I re restarted, and I, I re-entered the, the, the mission with him, and three seconds later, it crashed again. So I'm like, what the shit? So, oh, sorry, excuse me. Uh, so uh, uh, this, the, the, it didn't happen when I was not playing with him. When I was playing myself, just by myself, Star Trek Online, it, it was fine. So if you're, oh, it's just a glitch. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do a, you know, a, a check on, on reboot stuff like that, and everything came back fine. So I'm like, okay, it was just a little thing. And then this morning I was playing Star Trek Online, and uh, it crashed again. So I'm like, okay, what the, what the heck's going on here? So uh, I, I, I do do some more in-depth troubleshooting, and I realized that my. Uh, uh, one of the one of the two fans on my graphics card is not spinning, and it's overheating. Mm. So I, I went to get a new one, and uh, I, I went online and uh, I, I uh, went went to, to to my local uh, big box computer store, and uh, they're not paying me, so I'm not going to say their name. So uh, and I, I found a, a factory factory ref refurbished because I'm not spending three hundred dollars on a friggin' graphics card. It's not happening. And I go over there, and it's gone. The, oh, the, web, the website lies, and it's gone. But in its place is one that is a little better in one area and a little worse in the other, but the exact same price. Ah, oh, well, there you go. I'm like, sold, got it. So it has, it has one, one extra gig of memory, but instead of 256-bit uh, uh, bandwidth, it only has 128-bit bandwidth. But... For 120 bucks, you really can't expect any more than that. I mean, that's we, true. Yeah, if, if you get if you get to, to 256, you're 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 breaking 200 most of the time. And I wasn't going to do that, but uh, good news is that uh, I logged into uh, Star Trek Online with this, and it said your 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 default settings have been changed. I'm like, okay, well, let's find out what happened. So I go into my settings, and everything was max. Oh, just everything. Nice. Yes. Star Trek Online saw my card and went, nope, nope, slide that all the way to the right. You're max everything. I'm like, all right, sweet. Yes. You know, but with, with my last card, it wasn't quite max. I had to move it there. 
myself. But now the uh, the program's giving me props, maxing me out out of the gate. So that was nice. Very cool. All right, Elgarian, what do you got? Bueller? Sorry, I was uh, posting a link. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so um, I saw an ad, and uh, it just what caught my eye on the ad was uh, their holiday special was, uh, and they're actually, oddly, it's still going on, uh, four-year warranties, um, which I'm used to a three-year warranty with my Mac, and it's standard three-year warranties with Digital Storm. Um, so... Go into Windows. I got to say, I loved my warranty on my Mac because one, I utilized it. <clears throat> um, well, you know, technically speaking, I didn't. The three year warranty had expired, and about three and a half year point, uh, the graphics card failed, and a third party Mac store fixed it for free because Mac wasn't, or Apple wasn't happy with the performance of that video card. Three and a half years after I bought that damn thing, and after the warranty was expired. So I kind of, respect companies that offer lengthy warranties and have really good customer service ratings. And I researched digital storm. They have excellent customer service uh, ratings. So I got, that's the main reason I went for this is like, you know what? I don't want to go into a computer with a one year warranty. I've had plenty of those laptops mostly. And they always seem to break about at the one and a half, two year mark. And now I'm stuck with a piece of junk paperweight laptop that I end up replacing too quick. So having the iMac for five years, I really fell in love with uh, all-in-one computers. And I was kind of happy to see that the uh, Digital Storm offered one. So, uh, and the cool thing about this is composed as compared to my iMac is that it's fully customizable and upgradable. Uh, and I can take the back cover off, unlike my iMac, and um, simply swap components. And yeah. it's it's liquid cooled and it looks really pretty. And it's yeah, it got looks the... like you went with the Digital Storm Aura with a 34 inch curved display. Yeah, yeah this wait, is wait. a pretty nice computer. Yeah, man. the look looks good. Did you get the good, better, best, or ultimate? I definitely upgraded the hell out of it. Um, so I, I did a custom upgrade though. So it's probably between the best and the ultimate. Okay. But um, let's see here. Got the specs as well. The video card, I went ahead and decided to get a uh, uh, GeForce GTX 1080 uh, 8-gigabyte Founders Edition uh, nice. by NVIDIA. Um, I got the i7-6700K 4-gigahertz uh, Skylake uh, processor, which is going to be uh, unlocked and overclocked. Very nice. And it's all going to be liquid-cooled, of course. That's actually standard for their uh, gaming computers. You have to downgrade it if you don't want liquid-cooled. You get a little bit of money back. Uh, upgraded it to 32 gigabytes of DDR4, 3,000 megahertz, blah, blah, memory. That seems excessive. <laughs> well, I, I've been, for five years, I've been using 16 gigabytes of RAM on my iMac and have just been loving it. And I think that's what's really given it its life all this time. That's so how much I, RAM I'm running. And I, I think I'm only running eight. What? Your computer <laughs> yes. turns on? Yes, it turns on just fine. <laughs> so I think the 32 gigabytes will make me uh, give me a lot of life to this computer where four years go by through the, the whole warranty. Maybe I can get this one to last five years as well. Uh, That's a pretty slick package it's into. I like that. So yeah, like I said, I like I like my desktop to be clean and not a lot of clutter. I don't like to hear fans blaring. My iMac is incredibly quiet. You, you very rarely, maybe in the summertime when the room's a little warm, it might you might hear the fan a little bit. 
but uh, and with the liquid cooling, I, I think I'll be able to emulate that as well. One thing that's uh, nice. No, you got a 1080 in there. That can that might get loud. Now, I'm not saying like screaming loud, but it'd probably be a little louder. Yeah, yeah I'm curious. Max, I, max I would settings, assume... you could really get get some get some heat going on there. Yeah, yeah, I imagine. Um, I'm usually uh, really uh, I pamper my computers too. So if I hear they're working a little hard. Um, I will turn off shadows, you know, I'll, I'll yeah. scale down because I don't like my computer burning itself. You know, if it's feeling hot, I like it to, you know, be a nice balmy, you know, easy to touch type temp. Yes. Yes. That's nice. I'm glad to hear your, that. that's a pretty significant upgrade too. That's, I'm a little jealous, a little bit, not ashamed to admit. Yep, I'm a little excited. I got to say, it's uh, it's coming at a time where uh, I'm switching jobs, so I maybe should have held off a little bit. But uh, when I saw that four-year warranty, zero uh, percent financing, mind you. So that's what I decided to do for one year: zero percent financing. Yeah, that's not bad. And, uh, free shipping. Reminds me when I bought my first computer. I bought it because uh, you told me about a company who had a great deal on uh, financing it, and that's how I got my first computer from the cow. That a yeah, it was a gateway, yeah. Yeah, because you had oh, one. Oh, it was a gateway, nice. Yeah, because he no. had a gateway, and th this was 1998, 99, 98 had to be. And you had that, like, yeah, I just got this. It's like, oh, I can't afford a computer. And you're talking about how they financed and everything, and it sounded like a really good deal, and I did that, and I never regretted it. It was great. Uh, things go full circle. Yeah. Uh, that's really awesome. Now, the only thing I got going on is uh, it's snowing in Virginia Beach pretty heavy today, and uh, that kind of sucks. It's nice. The kids went out and played in the snow, stuff like that. Um, and it gave me an excuse just to uh, park my butt in front of my wall of consoles and play games all day. And say, oh, I can't do anything outside. It's too cold. I'll just stay here and play some games. <laughs> so that's What'd what I... What uh, Played Mega Man 2... I beat that because I could run through a Mega Man game really fast, and because I play them so much. Uh, and also uh, Tales of Zestiria, uh, PS4, uh, part of the Tales series, like Tales of Symphonia, Tales of the Abyss, Tales of you know they got a million of them. Uh, I've been enjoying it. Very very anime themed game. Um, the young hero. They 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 make no bones about this is the the young hero is going to become the hero of legend. You know, it's like points if arrows of getting him, this guy, you know, no, no hiding. Like, Oh, maybe it's someone else. No, you know, from the beginning, you know, well, they say the hero of legend will have this and this is this. You're like, dude, that's everything this main character has. And so it's pretty obvious. Um, the game does a nice job of having a sense of self-awareness about itself. Sometimes like, yeah, we know these are tropes, but they're fun. Go with them. Um, but also it does a good job balancing that with some nice drama, um, some some plot twists. Uh, there's some darkness in the game, but it's a overall a very lighthearted game. Um, I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would. I picked it up because it was super cheap, uh, and a PS4 RPG, and it looked good, so I grabbed it. And the Tale series is a pretty good rep, and they've made a million of them. And uh, so yeah, I've been having fun with it. Not because it has a lot deeper systems than I expected. It's actually probably with the way the systems are constructed with upgrading weapons and um, 
how you level your characters and how you have to worry about your gear, it is a lot deeper game than Final Fantasy XV, which surprised me. But Final Fantasy XV is basically the Final Fantasy reboot for kids. It's like, hey, hey, kids, you've heard of Final Fantasy. Those old men talk about that game. Want to play one? Here's a new one. Um, so it action combat, but it's man, it's pretty dang actiony. But to me, it makes a lot makes a good amount of sense. You have multiple attack, attack types. It, it's really well done, and it's worth. You can pick it up used and get it for a good price. It's definitely worth, and I would recommend it for that. I've been having fun. I'm probably a third or more through the game at this point. Tales of Zestiria. fun game. Sounds great. Weirdly Excellent. deeper than, and I was just surprised it's a deeper game than Final Fantasy 15. Uh, not as easy to understand all the systems. That does take some time, but like I said, it's a more complex game. Even though it feels, on the surface, a lot simpler, under the surface, it actually has a lot going on in, in under the hood, and a lot, and it looks like you're playing a uh, an anime cartoon. I mean, it's really good in that department. It looks like a damn cartoon. Wow, that sounds great. Yeah, it's fun. A lot of cutscenes. Some of them are fully animated. Some of them are in-game engine. And honestly, I kind of prefer the in-game engine ones. Uh, the animation is good on the animated ones. Don't get me wrong. But when it switches back and forth between them, it's like, oh, this is what I'm used to my character looking like. And it looks like a cartoon anyway. So, a lot of fun. I recommend it. But I am looking forward to getting, uh, eventually, uh, The Last Guardian. That looks good. Um, I actually, I've never played Shadows of the Colossus. I got that. I have the uh, Eco Shadow of the Colossus collector thing. I only played Eco on it. I love Eco. Um, so I started playing Shadow of the Colossus, and I found out that within the first 20 minutes of the game, you can get yourself put into a place you cannot escape, and you have to reset the game. It's like, great, guys. This is great design. You made it so it hmm. looks like I'm supposed to go here, and I go there, and I'm trapped. Thanks, dudes. Thanks. Uh, maybe uh, I end up there because I'm... A lot of times what I'll do, and I recommend this, when you're ever, and you're, ever you're playing a game, if you're in a game and it says your objective is directly in front of you, turn around and immediately go the other direction. See what's there. A lot of times stuff is hidden there. Sometimes, though, if, if a game is badly designed, they don't expect you to turn around and go the other way. Um... So always do that. Anytime you're getting a, given a quest objective, go the opposite way. And I was kind of doing that. I was like, I'm supposed to go here? Well, I'll go around this way. And that's how I got myself trapped. So I guess it's kind of one of those... And the way that these games are developed, it is kind of hardcore in the way it's like, we're not going to tell you really how to do anything. So uh, suck it. And you go and you do this like, oh, you got yourself trapped? <laughs> well, kill yourself. You know, that's kind of their opinion. So I, I forgive them for that. If I had just gone straight forward, it would have been fine. But I had to try and be fancy and go around the side. That didn't work. Did not work at all for me. They did not appreciate my free-roaming uh, tendencies. Have you guys tried that in a game? I have not. Oh, come on. Just I did to... just link, I don't know if you watched the TV series The Office, where that product that he made, uh, that old CEO that was kind of down and out towards the end of the series, he made a product called Suck It. No, I never saw that. I just linked the YouTube video for that skit. 
I will play it later. If I play it now, it'll play on the podcast. Then we'll be in trouble. Oh. Can't do that. No. Bad news. But other than that, uh, nothing much. I was actually planning on seeing Rogue One yesterday, but that kind of fell through. And honestly, I don't care. Nothing what? I, no, it was good. Nothing I've heard about Rogue One or seen from it makes me want to see it. I'm sorry. It was no, it was what? pretty good. It was pretty good. I mean, it's not as good as the originals, but it was well, pretty good. Yeah, but it was much better than the friggin' prequels. And yeah, it, definitely. You know, it, it was better than what the... What's I've had the Force de- returns. I've had. Yeah, I, I really, I really thought it was better than Episode Seven. I really did. Absolutely I've had dental work is. better than the previews, or the prequels. The uh, I was actually pretty disappointed with Force Awakens. That's what it's called. Uh, but this one, I was, uh, I went in with low expectations. I left kind of happy. Yeah, maybe I'll end up seeing it. I don't know. Just well, you should. It's not floating my boat. I don't, it makes Star me Wars, want to watch it. I don't when know. You, when you when you finish watching it, you'll immediately want to go watch A New Hope because it ties in directly yes. to it. Yes, that's exactly what I did after I watched this. I watched A New Hope because uh, the uh, uh, Rogue One ends like ten minutes before yep. A New Hope. Star Wars has become a children's series. I'm sorry. <laughs> this it one really is has. not for kids. This no, one's this not one's pretty. For kids. This one's pretty no. dark. Just because yeah, people there's... die doesn't mean it's not for kids. Well, you ever read a no, grim no, fairy no. tale? It, 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 Oh, Elgarian's right. It's dark. Yeah, dark. It's dark. I want to watch it just to say you guys are wrong. Well, then <laughs> you're going to watch it. You come here and say, oh, crap, dude. You guys are right. No, I really doubt that'll happen. Invader's scene was awesome, by the way. Yeah. I was, yeah. Fin- finally, we get a good scene from Vader since the original movie. Yes. Yes. I mean, no, no. It was better than the original movies because they had the, te- the, the uh, technology now to do the whole... Uh, you know, uh, true uh, lightsaber combat type thing. Oh, true. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Good. So it was, it was it was better than the fight between between Vader and, and Obi Wan and in, uh, in, in New Hope. That's you know, be, be because they had the technology to to make it so. And it's funny the entire movie that was the only scene with the lightsaber and it lasted all of like what two minutes? Yeah, like you know, less than. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was still it was still pivotal to to setting up the you know, the new hope, you know, it was pivotal mm-hmm. to that. It was it great. Was. Space wizards. Yeah. I, don't know. uh, star Wars broke my heart and I just can never go back to it. I guess. Prequels broke my heart. Did we just lost three subscriptions. <laughs> I think <laughs> we picked up prescriptions due to honesty. Cause you know, star Wars is overrated. You got to yeah. Oh, wow. okay. As a series, it is overrated. Well, the first 3 movies, I would say no. Um yeah, definitely. I mean, Empire freaking awesome. And then the other ones you just have to pick and choose what you liked out of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are parts of the uh the prequels that I enjoyed, but as a whole, they all were pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they the, the overall story arc that how it was written was awful. But there, there were there were scenes that were ex- extremely enjoyable. I mean, none of them had a lot of talking because George Lucas doesn't do talking anymore. All right, name one enjoyable scene from the prequels. Oh my gosh, uh, the the fight! Oh, with are you Darth, kidding? Darth yeah, Maul. the fight with Darth Maul. Come on, that man. was terrible. 
Are you? Are you freaking? Oh my god! Okay, okay, okay. Was terrible. Yeah, the way he died was terrible. The whole fight was terrible. Okay, they're. Oh wait, no, they're in this fight, right, with this guy, but they keep keep getting blocked off by all these doors that open and close. Why are those there? And then if only the Jedi had so. If only and like he would see the doors open in front of him, but he couldn't run through in time. If only he had some way to run really fast, like they showed in the first five minutes of the film. No, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. If only he could jump over that no, barrier, no, no. like they showed in the first five minutes of the film. Stop it, stop it. I have an explanation for that. Inconsistent writing? Bad storytelling? No, no, no. The, uh, be, be, because at the time, uh, uh-huh. the, the role-playing game was canon. And no, no, no. Game, no. It's true. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, it's, it's not. No, no. It's absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Uh, no, all, also, only, because the Metachlorian counts were being blocked stop, stop, by stop, by. Stop, the... <laughs> stop it! Stop it! Stop it! No! 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 Stop it! I'm telling you right now. No, in uh, uh, Obi Wan was trained in a fight to conserve his power for the instead, actual fight. Right. Instead of saving people or anything, or actually being useful, he was no, taught not no. to use his force powers. Okay. Gotcha. No, 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 gotcha. He, he was he was still a Padawan and he thought he could make it. And he almost did. To his to his credit, he almost made it. It no. was that last no, little door that he didn't make. I, I like how you've constructed this elaborate world where that makes sense. I, I do enjoy that. Me. I'm it's sure there are me. other people too. There are lots of people who enjoy crazy things. That doesn't make them right. <laughs> There's a lot of people who believe that, that the Earth is flat and Martians live on the moon. None of that's true, but that doesn't stop groups of people from believing that. They, they, they showed things in the beginning Martians of the film that Jedi Mars. can do to show the Jedi are tough. And then, when it comes to the Jedi actually use those abilities, they don't. There was no sense of anything they did in the entire film. Every time that they that they use their their powers a lot, it was against non-force users. He wasn't using it against anything. He was trying to run through a freaking gate. Yeah. If the force if he, isn't good enough to let you run through a freaking gate, it's useless. No, it is good enough. But then at the end of the at the end of the run, won't you be a little tired and be murdered immediately? No, they never showed that. Every time they showed them doing it, they were fine afterward. They're slicing the hell out of everything. No, your argument completely falls apart. No, 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 no. Ugh. That's ridiculous. Um, also, I, I, you can't point at any... Also, I hated all the lightsaber fights because they look like freaking Cirque du Soleil performances. That is not any kind of sword fighting. That's freaking Cirque du Soleil. No, it's laser sword fighting, man. Come on. All you need to do is throw out a DJ beat behind it, and it's a rave. That's what every Jedi fight scene was. All hail Darth Maul. And that's what every stupid fight was. Wow, you're just a hater. I just look at the film. I wanted to love it. You're a hater. You know, I'm the one who's willing to call the baby ugly. And it was an ugly baby. No. I've called three babies ugly in my life. I've gotten slapped twice. I am telling you that you're a hater. I might be, but I could back it up with logic and descriptions and why it's not good. I mean, you could try. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on, you're 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 trying to use logic to to back up space magic. No, to show why it's stupid and inconsistent. 
Okay, either way, it doesn't work. <laughs> you realize Because right? it's stupid space wizards, and therefore it's irrelevant. It's, logic. It's space magic. Good, logic good, doesn't work. Good, good storytelling. You know, consistency. Okay, okay, okay. Stop, stop. Lucas sucks at good storytelling. Now, that that's not space magic's fault. Episode 4 was good. It was. I liked episode no, oh, four. Empire was good. Yeah, Empire I mean, was good. That was episode five. That was good too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the 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 only the only uh, space movie that rates higher in in my book than Empire is Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan is a great film. Yeah. I didn't like it. Trend the Jedi. So even as a kid, I didn't really like Jedi so much. I kept staring, going like something feels wrong about this film. Why are there so many teddy bears? How are they? Are stormtroopers not killing these things? Mm. There's actually been been. Uh, printed out psychological studies like published studies about that and uh the, there is a certain age cutoff i forget the exact age it was a year since i read it but uh if you were younger than this age then you loved return of the jedi more than the others because the the ewoks actually spoke to you if you were older than this age then the ewoks actually were stupid and you did not like it as much as the other two. Yeah, I think I was just on the cusp of that because yeah. I thought they were kind of neat, but I just didn't get it. I was like, why are the stormtroopers killing these things? Why? Why? Yeah. I didn't like them, but I thought they were kind of neat, you know? So I was kind of like in the middle there. Oh, here's one of my favorite bits of trivia about that. How many times in Return of the Jedi is the word Ewok said? Zero. Zero. But everyone yep. knew what a freaking Ewok was. That's, uh, that's marketing. because of the cartoon. Uh, cartoon is part of it, but that thing was – the Ewoks were so hugely marketed. You couldn't walk down the street the year that came out without tripping over an Ewok toy or action figure or playset or – Widget. Um, wi Widget. Is that his that name? Wicket. Wicket. There it is. Wicket. There it is. Yes. Yep. Name was never uh, said, the, but somehow everyone knows. The stupidest – the stupidest Ewok, he actually boloed himself in the film. Yep. And he's he's a hero action figure. What the what the hell? Yep. Well, you know, I do actually have a Star Wars related yearly tradition, I must admit to. Every Which year is? every year I celebrate Christmas by watching the Star Wars holiday special. Oh, you have that? I do, I have it on D V D. Nice. Uh, obviously ripped off someone's VHS tape. Might be oh, a Betamax yeah. tape, but has all the Very commercials from the 80s still intact, which is just... Oh, God, I want that. Oh, it's so... I, I might be able to arrange for a copy to fall, fall your way somehow. But it it's Ooh. just so beautiful because like has commercials for uh, like reach out and touch someone or... Because you, know, you remember long distance was such a... You forget what a big deal long distance calling was then. It's like, he just he just called to say I love you, you know? Like a long distance yeah, call was such was a big like, deal. It was like five dollars a minute and stuff. It yeah, was crazy. And so it was a big deal. It was like a dollar a minute, you know. And the uh, ads for like look for the union label and stuff. It's just cracking me up. But absolutely awful. Just god awful. Destroys your soul. Um, but watching a coked out Carrie Fisher sing a song oh, about yeah. about Christmas to the tune of Star Wars theme is you can't beat it. Uh, and also, when they show Mark Hamill, whoever did his makeup must have worked at a doll factory because it's just terrifying. <laughs> it's so wonderful. Uh, you, you've heard about this, the Star Wars holiday special, right? Of course, yes. The first 
15 minutes revolves around Chewbacca's wife and son and father, maybe father-in-law. They talk to each other in Sharawook the whole time. No <laughs> subtitles. 15 oh, minutes awesome. of Wookiees growling at each other. <laughs> wow, no that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. It's one of those things you stare at and go, whoever thought this was good? And I remember watching this as a kid with my dad. And my dad just staring going and saying, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> Which, excuse my language, but that's what he said. He, I never heard him cuss in front of me before that, but he was drinking a, a light beer, drinking his Miller Lite, smoking a cigarette. And I remember looking at that, looking at me going, what is this shit? <laughs> Oh, it was so bad. Uh, you It's something you really need to behold. It really, really is. Uh, it's so bad. B. Arthur's in it. Of course she is. Because <laughs> why wouldn't she? When exactly. I think Star Wars, I think exactly. B. Arthur. That, that 100%. <laughs> it's so... Harvey Corman's in it. It's just... Who... I think Red Skelton's in it. It's just so bad. It's all... Um, wow. You need to see it. Well, th- this is uh, well. We have now pinpointed why you hate Star Wars because so <laughs> every year I watch this. And every <laughs> every year you you watch this uh, this this uh, slow motion train wreck. So it 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 colors everything else. I put on the TV and my kids are looking. Why is this on? Is this a Star Wars holiday special? You should you should like this. It's Star Wars. This is terrible. <laughs> How is this bad? Look, look, that's Chewbacca's kid. His name is Lumpy, and that's his wife. You can tell it's a girl because she has, it's a Wookiee with lipstick. Stop it. Stop, stop talking about this thing on the stream. Stop it. Stop it. A Wookiee with lipstick. Stop it. You're, you're ruining, you're ruining our lives by keeping this up. How could they not have introduced these characters into Return of the Jedi? They could only have improved the film. <laughs> it could well, have improved the prequels because his his family died. I believe that that's uh, that's that's the canon that his his family died, and then he adopted uh, um, Han Solo into his. Uh, oh no, because Han and Chewie actually show up. Do we make it in time for Life Day? You can tell Harrison Ford is just embarrassed to be there, but contract- well, the contractually yeah, obligated appearance. He did. Oh, he hated the character. Yeah. Well, he actually said years ago that he would never ever do that character again because it's a one-dimensional character. And I guess that he agreed to do it on the condition that they kill him. So, uh... Yeah, I didn't believe it was one. It was one-dimensional the way he acted it. Right, he did it well, but... I thought it was good. Yeah. yeah this, is, this is as opposed to all the very deep characters he's played through his theatrical career, right? Uh... Andy's actually kind of a deep character when you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you can definitely point at other characters and say, "Well, how's that?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." And uh, well, obviously the his his uh, when when he played uh, in Blade Runner. Ah, uh, I still love that film. Know, he, had, ah. he had depth in that. Yeah, oh, yeah, he had lots of depth in that. You know? I'm looking forward to that. that so yeah, film. I get it. You know the new Blade Runner's coming. I out. am not. Harrison, I, yes, I know. Harrison I Ford's not. in it. Just, I yeah. know he is, but I am just so upset. That's one of those. You, I understand you're feeling like some of those don't mess with it. Yeah, don't don't screw with it, man. Just let it go. I mean, if if if, if you want to do something Blade Runner, just you know punch up all of the all of the CGI and stuff, whatever whatever you want to do, fine, whatever, and, and re-release it. You know, I'll hate you for it, but I'll probably buy it, whatever. 
but one of my one of my make it. one of my kids is actually named after that film. Really? really? Yep, Rachel. Hmm. Wow. Well, uh, my my child is named after uh, the second book I ever read, uh, a character in the second book I ever read. And which one was that? A Wrinkle in Time. Ah, there you go. That was a good book. I oh, like that you book. Yeah. The first book I ever read was uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, I think the first book I ever read was uh, Green Eggs and Ham. Nice. Well, actually, no, I, I had that book read to me. I think the first Obviously. novel I read on my own was actually The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Wow, that's a little advanced for the first novel. I must admit, I didn't get a lot of the jokes. But I did really enjoy it. But yeah, it was, it was like I got all the words, I just didn't get a lot of the jokes. Because, you know, a lot of them are very, you know, adult situation oriented. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like there was a joke, you know, they'd have jokes about like the pangalactic gargle blaster and how drunk it got. I didn't get it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I think it's about time to wrap this pony up. What do you guys think? I think that sounds great. Now that we, I've enraged all the Star Wars. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Rick, Rick. Yes. You got, you got something else? I want to hear it if you got it. I have nothing else. All right. Well, if you have any suggestions, let us know. Drop it on. You can let us know on Twitter, at least a myth, on the YouTubes. We like the YouTubes. Yes, yes. And if you want to rant about Garthon's hatred of Star Wars, please do. It's just overrated. I, I will hate help it. you. <laughs> I will <laughs> help you. I don't hate Star Wars. I hate the prequels. I do hate the prequels. There's no good scene in the prequels. You can't tell me there is. All right. Uh, you can also check us out on Twitch. TV slash Legion of Myth. Make sure to look at our streams. Like them. Subscribe to them. Love them. Enjoy them. Uh, Facebook.com slash Legion of Myth, where you could communicate directly with the Legionnaire, uh, the Legionnaires. Uh, if you are so inclined, we do have our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Legion of Myth. It's your lovely support and love that keeps this going. Let this slow motion train wreck, as we love to say, keep on falling down the rails. Any final words of wisdom, gentlemen? No, I got nothing. Well, I got something. I mean, go for uh, it. Besides the Star Wars stuff, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move away from that. I, I'm kind of dumbfounded by it. I, I'm yeah, yeah, I know, only, right? I know. I'm, While I'm you guys were talking, I watched too. the whole fight scene. I was loving. I know, it. I know, right? But I'm, I'm gonna move away from that because all, all of the commenters are gonna, are gonna persecute him, and I don't have to do that. So that's, that's good. If you want to watch, watch a bunch of people to rave, hit each other with glow sticks, go for it. You know, that's fine. Okay, yeah, you just, you just, you just dug the last little bit of your grave on that one. All right. Bangarang! <laughs> oh my god, Bangarang? Yeah. Did you just say Bangarang? I did. Jedi fight scene beginning. Hook! Drop the bass. Uh, uh, I want to I want to thank everyone who uh, who's watching right now on Twitch TV, and I want to thank everyone who's watching later on YouTube. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, please, if you have any comments, especially about Star Wars, leave them. I will help you. I promise. And if you have any comments about uh, anything we've said that you don't like, please do that too. If you have any comments you like, well, then of course, do that too. 
and uh, everyone have an amazing life. All right, everyone, remember, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy. And have a great journal and novel. Thank you, everyone.